feel kind of like God. <laughs> and then this man with the devil on his hand came and took the hat. Free Britney. Free Britney. Yeah, I got uh, I got that, and then we've got some Oreo shatter. Well, don't we still have that from last week? Because we didn't. No, no, no. It. This was the that was <coughs> this shatter, which was. It's still there. I want to say. Still is. <laughs> I want to say this was or this is the. Uh, <laughs> by the texture, I want to say like the purple ice cream cake. I don't remember, dude. Um, I think I smoked a little bit of it last week. Yeah, I think, week. I I think, we, I think we I think we went over it a little bit in the, uh, one of the episodes. Um, but yeah, so I've got the, the Oreo Shatter, which this is new. Ta- this tastes good. Um, and then this one, which I think you tried earlier, was the uh, the White Runts. Um, Why, like I said, that sounds like the stepchild you didn't want to have. Right, right. Got the White Runt in the back. <laughs> <laughs> got, a, got a jar of a White Runts. Uh, you know. Oh, God. Oh. Look at this! See the cats in here, and Mac Dre is just fucking chilling. Stupid doo doo dumps. I mean, it's easier to chill when the dogs aren't in here. Uh, you don't have to worry about shit knocking over, and then the Un- unless the, the cat knocks something over, the, which is well, like rare. I don't think the cat oh shit, unless watch. I knock something over. Yeah, you probably knock something over. I, I, I don't know. I'm just uh, moving so I can do a dab. And still talking to the microphone, so I don't have to do as much adjustment and editing, because that shit's annoying. <laughs> now, so uh, in the Britney episode, there was a couple parts where uh, either you or I were like far away from our microphone, but we were still talking. But I, I didn't want to cut that part out because it was, you know, important to what we were talking about. So I had to like boost the audio on just those parts really loud. Uh-huh. And so like you hear it's like normal, quiet audio. And then all of a sudden you hear like in the background as it's like louder and then it gets back to quiet. So it sounds really bad. So I'm, tr- I'm trying to avoid that so we can do a little more even sound. You know? I, I, I feel you. I dig. I dig. Uh you know, it's just it's a learning process. We're right, figure right. it out. And I, I think we've already gotten a lot better by now than we were when we started. Yeah. Like I bet you, if I went back and listened to the audio from the Richard Ramirez episodes to the audio to the Britney episode, it's probably a drastic night and day. Well, difference. I, I listened to most of the Britney episode last night, not the whole thing, but I listened to most. Yeah. Yeah, the wife, the wife listens all the time. She loves it. Yeah, it was actually uh, my sister texted me the other night. And uh, she was like, asked, she had asked me about uh, the, the mixed berry cheesecake because she was like, oh, if, if, if that was in a cart, she's like, is that in a cart? Like, I want that. <laughs> and I was like, nah, it's not a cart. And I'm like, yeah, but I got a ton of product right now. And she's like, nah, I don't have a dab rig because I would 100% burn myself. Uh, so she's she's a pens only kind of kind of girl but they got the wax pens dude you just that's buy, what i'm saying it's like buy, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get her some pens instead you buy the battery and the skillet and fucking although it is awful fucking awful messy there's no way way to be clean about it you know what i mean oh, are you talking about like those uh it, where you put the actual wax in the pen yes and, yeah those are those are okay um, no, it's a little glass, but it looks like a fucking tweak pipe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Almost, it has the, the ball on it, and then yeah. you got the skillet inside, and you put it on the skillet. Oh, no, I, I don't know what kind of crack shit you're talking about. I'm talking about like the the electronic pens. Yeah, it's electronic. Are you talking about like the ones that Tomas had though? Uh, where it's like a little ceramic bowl, and you put it's got a coil in it, and you put the oil in there, yeah, and then it heats up, and you yeah. hit it. Yeah, that's what I'm talking. Yeah. About. 
yeah. Those are okay. It. I mean, it works. I stopped though. That shit fucked my fucking throat up. I'd rather just get a Puffco at that point. Yeah, I heard that. I kind of want to get a Puffco. Like, Everybody be talking about them, dude. Expensive. But they hit nice. Yeah, no, they're they're worth the money. But I don't know. I I think I'd rather hit out of a dab rig than a Puffco all the time. You can get better flavor out of a Puffco though. Yeah, because it burns at a lower temperature. Yeah. Well, I mean, we could burn this at a way lower temperature. Oh no, too. I don't want to do that because then it ain't gonna burn. <coughs> yeah. We're just gonna look at it. It's gonna be smoking. The whole episode. <laughs> well, especially with how big of a dab I do. No, I take regular size dabs because, you know, I don't want to hurt myself. I don't want my, my throat be hurting and shit. As I'm still trying to kill this dab. Padres are acquiring. I don't know what 2B slash OF Adam Frazier from the Pirates. <coughs> Frazier leads uh, majors and hits the second season. base slash outfielder. Oh, second base slash outfielder. Thank you, Nick. This is coming to you straight from ESPN. And at the end, it says Jeff Park Payson. Payson. I'm just working on my, on my. Uh, what is that called? Pronunciation. Not my pronunciation. Um. I was talking like names. No, shit, you know? I was talking about like where you give all the information of where you got your stuff from. Oh, citing sources. Yeah, I'm just working on my citing sources, you know, so it sounds more smooth. You don't want to hear me fucking chopping shit up hella bad. Actually, no, it just came up on my phone. I was really interested <laughs> in what it said, and sometimes I read out loud. You know, sometimes I get the I get those uh, <coughs> those news article notifications, and sometimes they're really relevant and something I want to read, and most of the time it's just bullshit. It's always bullshit, dude. I mean, but I will read that random dumb shit, because sometimes it's interesting. I've learned a lot of random facts by reading some of that I, dumb I, shit. I have, you know. I, I read today... Something it was from Facebook, it popped up on there. Something about the moon moving or changing its orbit or something that's gonna cause floods and shit. Hmm. That'd be kinda interesting. Fun fact, fun fact. Right? Well, you know, it does it does have a lot of influence on the tides and all that well, shit. Yes. But uh eh, I mean shit yeah. shit happens, you know. You know, I actually I saw an article, I didn't read it. Maybe I, I should have. I just, saw, just the saw the headline. Yeah, I saw the headline, and basically it was saying uh, uh, it was a some science website, and they were basically saying that uh, maybe our, our universe is actually a giant three dimensional donut. And I was like, leave it to uh, I'm assuming American scientists to be like, hey, it's a donut. Who the fuck was that? Because you know what? If, How is it a donut? I, I, the, the only way I would ever even be able to explain, like I said, like, like I said last week, you can't really explain it because we don't know how vast it is. We don't know how big it is. And it could go on for infinity. I mean, it could go on forever and ever and ever. But for, for conversation's if sake. If it didn't go on forever, what do you it, think would be at the end of it? Would it just like be a wall? I think it would be a cir- I think it would be a circle. Like a giant circle? Yeah. And then, so, so it's like about you, gravity. you just get to the edge of the circle and then what is there? No, you just like nothing. You just go around in the circle. So maybe it is a giant three-dimensional donut. I, I, that we're inside. Yeah. So riding the inside of it, but you, so so you telling me you could go off in one direction and you would end up back in that same spot. Eventually, I'm assuming that's what they're saying. Yeah. I wonder how long it's going to take for our sunlight to get here. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my my question is is like so if that is the the thing and like if we were ever to get to a point where we could send a a, a shuttle or a spaceship or even just a satellite that far, 
how long do you think it would take that satellite to reach back where it started? Well, like, you know, the, the Voyager satellite is out there, and it is still going the same direction. It's actually the farthest uh, object, man-made object from Earth. So I guess maybe we'll have our answer eventually. Well, maybe. You know. Two billion years from now. <laughs> what <laughs> right. is this alien artifact that got sent here? What is Voyager? Right. <laughs> They talked about. Star They're like, Trek? this must be from the uh, the Dark Ages. <laughs> uh, they they consider us to be the Dark Ages. Hey, I mean, it would make sense with off. all the shit that's going on in the world yeah. today. I mean, not even today, just historically, like shit, dude. Sh- aren't we supposed to learn from our past? <laughs> Supposedly, we can't learn from our past. You know why? Because we erase it. Mm, I was about to say, oh, because we only learn uh, certain sides of the past, I guess, maybe. So you're you know? telling me this is only 10 milligrams? No, no, no. The whole bottle is 100 milligrams, so but each the, serving so is, is 10 milligrams. So this whole bottle is one serving? No, there's 10 servings in that bottle. I'm going to stay the night tonight, Nick. <laughs> oh, do you mind? I'm, I'm sitting here fucking starting to open this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's why I brought them up here. I'm going to have a couple servings. Like uh, two. Here, let me see the other one real quick so I can uh, talk about these real quick. So uh, what he's referring to is we got these drinks from Space Station. I bought uh, this. I bought this stuff at the. At no, no, the, at no, no. We got it from Space Station. You know, uh, hey. they 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 work closely with hold our on, company hold, sometimes. Hold on, before you before you go any further, this is supposed to be controlled. Yeah. By the CBC or whatever. Yeah. It's all supposed to be accounted for. Yeah. It's accounted so for. Ha- it's called we, a sample. Oh, okay. Anyway, we have these samples <laughs> from Space Station. Um, yeah, no, like I said, they they work pretty close to or close with uh, paper planes, at least you know geographically. And um, so they dropped off some drinks for us the other day. Uh, we've got these cannabis infused S shots or shashots, shashots. Uh, watermelon punch, hundred milligrams of THC, obviously in the entire bottle. Uh, and then the other one that Dick is, this is trying uh, to open. Uncle Arnie's iced tea lemonade. Cannabis infused beverage, 100 milligrams THC and less than, oh no. Greater than? No, le- less than 2 milligrams of CBD per bottle. Per serving. Oh, this says per bottle. Per serving. This says per bottle. Oh, wow, that is. This one says per serving. Yeah, because that shit's weak. No, no, that means this has more CBD than that one. Yeah. Well, who cares about CBD? You don't want CBD. CBD is very beneficial. CBD is where you get a lot of the health benefits, honestly. Uh, that's why I smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, fuck the CBD. I just want to get high. Hey, you know what? When you smoke it, don't you get the CBD too? Because it's part of the plant. Yeah. I mean. But a lot of flowers aren't very CB- or aren't very high in CBD. So what? They got to make flowers especially high in CBD? Yeah, there are certain strains that are very high in CBD and grown specifically for CBD production. Okay, slight slight uh, commentation. Yeah. Commentary on the opening of the package. I don't know what you're talking about. I got mine open in like two seconds. Y'all motherfuckers made that shit too hard. I got mine open in like two seconds. But I look forward to, to, to trying the <laughs> beverage, but just maybe make it a little less childproof. All right, so I'm going to try the watermelon punch first. Hey, why don't you pour it in? It's your white cloth surge. It's no, actually, that's tequila and Sprite. Oh, that might add a good flavor to tequila and Sprite. Probably, honestly. Tequila. I, I'm pretty sure you're probably not so quote unquote not supposed to mix it with alcohol, but whatever. 
instruction meet s shots a tasty drink infused with 100 milligrams of glorious thc sip on a dose of fruity bliss stand by for 20 to 30 minutes and let the good vibes kick in just remember this shit's strong just right is that really what it says yeah look at this shit's strong but it, it, the eye is a pos- is like a, a an asterisk yeah. instead so it's not actually swearing no this doesn't have any dose it, accordingly it does have the government warning on it. I mean, it has to. That's a, a compliance thing, honestly. And then, oh, I mean, oh, it's got instructions. Fellow humans, Uncle Arnie's iced Ooh. tea. Ooh, wow. Lemonade. It's a okay. potent drink. That is um, interesting. It's a potent drink, friends. If this is your well, first Well, I've officially had 10 milligrams. If this is your first time consuming, consider... Maybe a little over 10. What's this say? I can't. Consider drinking a half serving and wait one to two hours for full effect. Basically, if you're a lightweight, if you're a fucking pussy, don't drink this. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry if you're a pussy. <laughs> Sorry if I offended all the pussies out there. Little bitch. <laughs> You know, uh, what was that one thing, though? It was, like, somebody was talking about, like, I don't know why people use pussy to equate weakness. Because, like, if you think about it, pussies are actually really strong. Like, they push a baby out of that shit. That's hips, bro. That's still, it's part of, it comes out of the fucking vagina. Yeah. So, like, that shit's gotta be strong. And then it, it, it snaps back into shape and... Man, you be watching too much fucking National Geographics, bro. Nah, nah. Fucking planet Earth and shit. This one's not bad, though. I was trying to watch this thing before I left about a shark taking down a whale. And then oh, my God. I love it. it. Wasn't it just Shark Week last week? How did you know? My wife told you? No. <laughs> what? Did you like getting that? Uh, shark Week? <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's bad. <laughs> So I'm about to try this uh, this shit. How much did you drink? I, I, so far, I've only taken t- a little over 10 milligrams. Um, it's kind of hard to, to accurately dispense it when you're just drinking it, you know. Oh, oh shit. Are you drinking the whole thing? Nope. I'm down to 20 milligrams now. I'm down to 30. That's interesting. Here, try that one. Iced tea lemonade. Huh? Dude, we're going to get fucked up. Oh, wow. That is super lemony. Oh. That's fucking delicious, dude. Yeah, I kind of like the watermelon a little better. This is... Here. This is dangerous, people. Um, We give it so far two thumbs up. We'll let you know in apparently one to two hours for full effect. Yeah, seriously. um, Pretty good job so far, yeah. Matt's High Soda. It says, need more fizz? Try Matt's High Soda. But you know what? After this... Go to mattshighsoda.com. I'm going to have to take a quick break, people. You can also go to... Uh, does Space Station have a website? Yeah, spa- uh, flyspacestation.com. Check them out. Um, also, by the way, you know, since we do represent paper planes a lot here, uh, check them out on Instagram, at paperplanesextracts. Well, we don't any, any legal ass. No, 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 I'm just saying, like, since, you know, we're already telling people to go check out Space Station and these other drink companies, you should also go check out Paper Planes. Uh, you know, I believe the Instagram is just <gasps> at paperplanesextracts, maybe? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll look it up when we're paper on break. Paperplaneelixers.com. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's, I'll, I'll look it up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go smoke a cigarette. All right, I'm gonna join you. Huh. Woo! We'll be back in thirty minutes. 
Oh no, I think that drink made my head hurt. Oh, you know. Whoo, I feel like I fucking just ran a marathon. And we just walked up the stairs. That's terrible. I'm so out of shape. Well, it doesn't help that it's super fucking hot outside. Well, I walk like 10 miles a day. How hot is it? Let's see how hot it is, people. This is coming straight from Google Weather. Citrus Heights is a cool 100 degrees right now. Hey, you know, we got we were cooling down tomorrow, though, on Tuesday. It's going to be 91 tomorrow. Tuesday is going to be 93. And then Wednesday, 104. Thursday, 106. Friday, 106. Saturday, 99. <laughs> Sunday, 99. And then back down to 95 on Monday. So Ooh. basically, it's going to fucking suck for the next, like, week and a half, two weeks. Well, you know, I, I don't do this shit that much, but I was curious, so I... Uh, read the farmer's almanac and um it said like fucking um a big heat wave is gonna hit the whole united states like within the next month and i mean 106 is pretty fucking Isn't hot it already here imagine how hot it is by them fucking wildfires dude fuck all that hey you know i mean shit so i wanted to burn some trees they were rolling coal you know All these people that start these fucking fires and shit. You know what you don't hear, though? You don't ever hear about the fire started by the stoner that was smoking a bowl in the woods because that's where it's happening. Yeah. Honestly, like, what you... Yeah, yeah. It's not the stoners that are doing it. We're not the problem. Well, it's... I I can't even... Only stoners can prevent forest fires. (laughs) Only skeevy stoners like you. (laughs) (laughs) No, um... I wouldn't even play. I mean, yes, some of it was caught. Well, some of the wildfires have been caused by PG&E equipment. We're not going to get into that because, yes, that's just not where we're going. But one thing the PG&E did say that I read, that's a big shatter dab, um, is they said that they are going to bury something like 10,000 miles of wire. I mean, that's that's pretty dope. Hey, you know, they're a multi-billion dollar corporation. I've seen Aaron Brockovich. (laughs) <laughs> they make a lot of money. Aaron Brockovich is gonna gonna represent the the Paradise Fire uh, victims. Really? Actually, I heard they're settling on that. Really? Yeah. Huh. My buddy's stepmom is getting something like a half million dollars. And yet, Flint, Michigan, can't get clean water. <laughs> well, you got to talk to Dupont about that, okay? <laughs> well, that's how I was talking to my girlfriend earlier. You have a girlfriend? Yeah. When did this happen? Um, Like two years ago, two and a half years ago. After I gave her to somebody else. (laughs) Oh, that sounds terrible. (laughs) We could just cut that part out. Oh, you know, speaking of his girlfriend, I just wanted to, you know, stress to you guys, we still have those growlers for sale. $79.95. Uh, No, that's not what the price is. Um, But no, actually, what you can do is go check out uh, AMD Rogue Aesthetics. Uh, That is my girlfriend's um, business page. Uh, So she's on TikTok. She's on Instagram, I believe. And then uh, her website is www.amdrogueaesthetics.com. And there you can find all of the tumblers and T-shirts and everything she does there. 
You know, you, you, you're wasting all this breath to, to advertise her stuff, but you never advertise us. You know what? It, guys, if you, if you just happen to have some all free time, just, advertise just us. listen to Dab to Death. You, you might really enjoy it. Don't we do that at the end of every episode as we advertise us? Uh, do we advertise us at the end of the episode? Yeah, I don't we, know we, we, we do. plug We plug all of our social medias. We plug our website. We plug everything. So we advertise for us plenty. But uh, I got to, you know, I got to advertise for for her business as well yeah you know what nick i don't miss having the uh the zip ties we're moving up in the world we're moving up no more zip ties right we you you know you're making it uh a little bit better every time when you don't have to jerry rig your equipment hey come on though you're not trying hard enough if you don't use duct tape What is it if you if you can't fix it? Use more duct tape, some shit like that. Well, I, I do know that the only two things you will ever need in life are duct tape and WD forty, because if it moves and it's not supposed to, duct tape it. If it doesn't move and it's supposed to, WD forty. You need aluminum foil though, too, bro. For what? Well, if you only have three things, I want something to smoke my weed with. Oh my god. I didn't mean like that. Make a foil pipe. <laughs> you know, we're going over things that we first smoked out of. Sprite can. Um uh, trying to think, trying to think, trying to think. I know I definitely smoked out of an apple pretty early on into my uh stoner career. Dude, I miss those times when when you first start smoking weed, dude, and you oh. just get so fucking blasted every right. time and everything's just fucking hilarious it's like it's like when you do shrooms oh my god yes i love doing shrooms you get the giggles and you can't stop laughing for no reason whatsoever but even with acid it's kind of like that too oh yeah definitely sometimes uh shit there was one time me and a friend of mine did acid at a festival in our tent and well after you know we went back to our tent tent? Uh, no (laughs) and uh so no so we we literally laughed for like three hours on it and it was crazy it was fun so a, a dragon pointed us back to our tent. It, it, it was yeah, it was thing, fun. The thing I liked about acid over shrooms is you get more brilliant colors doing acid. Oh yeah, acid just makes everything so vibrant and like yes, pretty. I was like the like, colors are so okay, Mac Dre. You are really just in the way here. Don't talk to Mac Dre. Mac Dre be fine. But Mac Dre is all up on my my headphone cord. Yeah, well, at least he ain't laying on your leg. He was doing that to me. Well, she. <coughs> You know what? It's actually really weird, people, because this cat is never really in here. But the cat loves me. I think I think that's why she's here. Yeah. Mac Dre loves dick. Mac Dre only comes out for dick. <laughs> well, shit, even my one of my wife's cats, that cat will fucking lay in the room underneath the fucking covers all day. I get home, fucking sit down to... Put, kick my feet up, and this little cat comes running up and jumping about. <laughs> leave, leave me alone. Leave me the fuck alone. It's like that. It's, tech, when the, it's when the cat gets activated. It's like the Tech Nine song. Just leave me alone. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. By the way, if you haven't figured it out, you are listening to Dab to Death. Is it Dab to Death? It or? is. This is Dab to Death, and I am your co host, Nick. Oh, shit. Does that mean I'm dick? That does. That means you're <laughs> dick, because I'm not dick. I'm Dick Cock Anonymous. I am not Tiny Tim. <laughs> no, I mean, Tiny, Tiny, Tiny Tim is MIA. Uh, probably should check in on He's Tiny Tim. He's in Wisconsin, dude. No, I, I, I heard he was moving to Missouri. Something like that. Anyway. Well, you know, I, I do have to say this is uh, 
This is going to be episode number four. Yes, it is. This is uh, O.J. Simpson. And the juice is loose. You know, I got to say, that fella on the on the left-hand side is, is mighty handsome. That's O.J., right? No, that... What? <laughs> yeah, O.J.'s the, the handsome white guy, and uh, <laughs> the black guy in the middle is Ron Goldman. And Ron Goldman was just trying on the glove to show that it wasn't him. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's that's exactly how it happened. Are you really getting bothered by the cat? <laughs> It's just she won't like chill. Like she just needs to chill. Yeah, see, like, the whole point chill. is to chill. Anyways, anyway, so, so yeah, yeah so is... the juice is loose. Uh, yeah, we got it. We got Ron Goldman here on the left. Innocent. Uh, we got OJ in the middle trying Innocent. on the glove, and then we got Nicole Brown Simpson on the right here. Where's Shelly? Not in the picture. Yeah. So where is Shelly, David? Hey, we should put Shelly on. Oh my god! <laughs> just like start sneaking her into like different pictures we post on Instagram and shit. Put, put but on. like make it to where she's like super faint in the background, so people really don't know it's her. Like you can see her if you look for her. We're gonna start doing that. We're gonna start hiding Shelly in our Instagram posts, and you gotta find her and tell us where Shelly is. Dude, this is hilarious. And then we're just gonna keep doing hashtag where Shelly. I've watched the fucking Matt Trey, and Matt Trey is just all over the place. Yeah, no, and like she, she just keeps like mugging up at me like what bitch she wants yeah you, she i'm wants walking you, around i'm she pay- wants you to pet her yeah she wants attention she mad she doesn't get a lot of attention now that we have two dogs you know well you know that's that's another episode anyway yeah we're not doing any episode about my pets <laughs> no we're gonna do an episode about pets and what they do for human beings i think that would be a you know maybe an episode I, 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 I sometimes feel we need to go more towards the g rating because disney oh might God, pick us we up go. we're, we're not doing disney this we're not no we're up. not no <laughs> no wouldn't that be some shit tabbed to death on the disney channel oh my god yeah i'm sure just the title alone doesn't sound like it belongs on the disney channel well i mean if you don't know what dabbed is you, unless you, you think it's that stupid fucking thing where you do that arm motion you know the uh, anyway uh, Again, uh, off topic. So, uh, <clears throat> it was near midnight on June twelfth, nineteen ninety four. Did you pull this out of the book? No, no. Uh, so it was June. Hey, it was, hold on, hold on. Before we get into any of this, and before you get, or before we get into this, I just, I just, wanted, I need to move that water bottle. Honestly. Yes, you do. <laughs> I want, I wanted to say something about the whole situation. Now that Mac, I, 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 I am going to be an antagonist because in the court of law, he was found. Not guilty. Not guilty. Not right. guilty. Yes, but um. Which spoiler alert? Thanks, by the way. But anyway, you know, <laughs> fucking every if they're listening to this, they know what the fuck happened. I know. Um, but what if they don't? <laughs> We're here to educate and inform people. They've been hiding in a fucking cave for like twenty something years. What if they're too young? What if it happened way before they were born? Dude, O.J. Simpson trials, they teach that shit in school probably nowadays. You no. know what I mean? Anyway, but continue. But, um, continue. No, hold on. Any, so, so anyways, what I was getting to is I have read excerpts and, and clips from the fucking book. And motherfucker, why the fuck would you write that shit in the first person? You Seriously. dumbass. That whole book, I, I actually have it on the bookshelf over there in the Dab to Death library. Um, and so, yeah, he's referring to If I Did It by O.J. Simpson. The Goldman family gets all the proceeds from that book. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, they you know, released so it. They really, so, it. so it says, I did it, and then in small letters it said, if Yeah, I. inside the I, it says, if. It's, it's yeah, it's pretty clever, honestly. 
Um, but you know, the, but specifically the chapter where he talks about the murders, that, like that, I read that, that chapter specifically. Yeah. And like that chapter is just like, number one, the way he talks about it. And like, uh, what was it? The OJ, the lost confessions, that one video interview dude, of his. Fucking, oh, dude. Yeah. You remember that video? Man. You know what, OJ? You had something good. <laughs> you had something good and you just continue to, to fuck, fuck it, it up. up. You know what? If and, and I've heard this said by Cat Williams before, and I'm gonna say it again: If you fucking get caught, or if you fucking get get away with murder, motherfucker, you shouldn't do anything else illegal again. Ever? You I should, wouldn't even fucking jaywalk. Yes, you shouldn't even jaywalk. Like seriously, dude. Like the fuck, you idiot, dumbass. But he didn't. He could just get out of jail or something for, steal, uh, for yeah. stealing his own shit. Yeah, actually, I, I think it was more. It was a couple years. You know ago, what's, I think. what's what's going on with all these people? From I think the, he's living in Las Vegas. What, now. What's going on with all these people from the nineties? They go, in, they get in jail, they get out. You know, OJ was in jail, he got out, and, and now mother, well, you got Suge Knight. He was in jail, got out, and then oh shit, Suge Knight's out? No, because he no, he got out, and then he ran someone over at the set of uh, oh Jesus Christ of uh, what was that movie? Straight out of Compton. Because he was like demanding money or something, saying something like he was owed it or whatever, <laughs> and he fucking ran over some dude and killed him. All right, Mac, try, and, you, you got to go over here. You know, he already had two strikes. Another thing, if you have two strikes, you oh, yeah. shouldn't do anything, do anything illegal ever again. Especially, well, I mean, in the state of California, at least. I don't know how it is in other states, but California is not the state that you want to do that shit in. Like, like, period. But Sorry for that little offshoot. I just, whoo, just had to say that shit real quick. And um, we are going to get into this because, I mean, shit. We got a lot to get into. It'd be like a five-hour episode. <laughs> All right. So, as I was saying, it was near midnight on June 12, 1994, when the bodies of Nicole Brown Simpson, who was age 35 at the time. What was the date she was born? Uh <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. I'm just fucking Actually, no, wait. We have slides on Nicole Simpson and uh, Ron Goldman, so we will get into their birth dates. Dude, I, 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 did, I, I did my research. Have, I did my research. I made a really good slideshow. Honestly, you, I am proud of this slideshow. This is my best slideshow this far. Have, have you seen the interviews with Ron Goldman's dad? Oh, dude. Like, number one, I, anytime I see anything with their family in it, like, it's just like it's, it, it gets super emotional. I don't and know. it's I just like, like it's hard I, to watch. I feel like Ron Goldman's it's dad sad. might it's have done super it. sad. Oh, my God. We're back on this theory. Yes. Well, okay. Save that for the end of the episode because we're doing alternate theories at the end. Okay. Okay. Um, so, when uh, Nicole Brown Simpson, age 35 at the time, and Ron Goldman, age 25, were found brutally murdered in front of her condo in the Brentwood area of Los Angeles, California. Isn't that a bad area? No, it's a, it's a pretty decent area. I mean, if you think about it... Have you OG, ever lived you know, in Brentwood? No. Well, then how would you know? But it's like, <laughs> you think about it. Okay, so it's it's not that far from OJ's house. And if you think about, like, OJ has hella money. She was his ex-wife. Like, it's, it's a nice condo. No. It's a nice two-story condo. You, you know, I... I, would, I feel like it's a nice area. A little, I, would be, I would be interested to know because, you know, times have changed. I wonder how much O.J. Simpson paid for his house. That is a good question. I do not know. No, we don't I didn't need, look we don't into need it. To know, but if it was like something like $500,000, it's like, dude, that's like buying a house in fucking Elk Grove. I wouldn't know. I haven't looked at house prices. I'm, like, I'm too broke for that. Yeah, you could wish. 
<laughs> I'm going to wish in one hand and shit in the other and see which fills up first. I think the shit hand will. It definitely will. Um, so, Nicole's body was laying face down at the foot of the entryway stairs, and Ron's body was laying nearby, almost in the bushes, and there was blood everywhere. And Nicole's head was nearly cut off. Yeah, like yeah. we will get into the, the injuries. Hold on. There's a there's a method to my madness. No, there's and there's a method to my madness. It's called just fucking say everything <laughs> all at once. It's all good. They're I mean, they're listening. True, true. Um, so yeah, so there's blood everywhere, like literally fucking everywhere. Yeah. Um, and it was only five days later that the LAPD's investigation led them to arrest Nicole's ex-husband O.J. Simpson, then 48, and charge him with their murders, leading to one of the most famous trials of our time. Like, this trial was everywhere. The McMartin case? I said one of the most famous trials. Not, you know, like... Well, actually, no. Actually, the McMartin trial was the longest running trial. It's it's not, like, if you ask people these days, a lot of them wouldn't even know what it was. Oh, I had no idea what it was until you mentioned it and we recorded an episode on it. Do we still have that episode? Yes, we do. Okay. Uh, Actually, uh, wait. Maybe not. Well, we will, if we do or don't, we we'll will do it have again. an episode on it. And since I mean you're here, and you, if you want to listen to it, you can look it up on your own. I'm telling you, there's a lot of interesting stuff about it, and it's really weird. Shit gets deep. It's really fucked up the way that Satanism the, gets brought into the way it. the LAPD because it was the LAPD. It's really fucked up the way the LAPD does a lot of stuff. And one of the reasons OJ, you know, got away with a lot of stuff was because the LAPD the ev- fucked up a lot. The evidence was collected. Well, um, properly because didn't a lot of well, stuff, so, didn't a lot of stuff get thrown out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. I, like they basically picked apart the defense or the prosecution's like strategy piece by piece. Didn't they say one of the guys was a racist or something like? Oh, yeah. That? No, no, no. Definitely, <laughs> he definitely was. Um, oh, yeah, he was. And he was like their star didn't witness too. All, like he they, was there. Oh God, it was so bad. Didn't they get him on like a, a, a tape recording? Yeah, there was like him saying there like, was like there was like forty one hours of uh, audio or no, there was like thirty six hours of audio recordings of him and talking to this uh, writer. Just and he literally drops the end bomb like forty one times, and it's just oh my god. And then he lies. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but it's bad. It's all bad. Um, so this case was both highly controversial and highly publicized. Like we said, it was pretty much everywhere. The entire nation was glued to their radios and television sets, waiting to find out if national celebrity, famous athlete, and American sweetheart. Orenthal James Simpson was guilty of murder. Dude, I was I was nine years old and I remember this. I bet I you, was only like four, five. I, I was like four and a half. I bet you K Fed remembers it. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's when he was like, I'm gonna marry Britney Spears. I'm just gonna start shooting off random fucking sentence fragments. People <laughs> 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 be like, what the fuck is wrong with him? Bam. I, I I got a bad dose, guys. <laughs> Them, uh, them, them liquids getting to you? It was the fentanyl. Oh, yeah, you shouldn't do that. I did a line before I came. You want uh, some? You want some? No, 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 no. I wouldn't. Isn't that supposed stuff supposed to like kill you or something? Uh, it killed Mac Miller. But did he do like like? Is it what do you die from? He, you die from well, overdosing or no? He well, it wasn't. He wasn't doing fentanyl on purpose. Like it was laced with fentanyl. He thought he was doing coke. Something. Anyway. I mean, imagine if they legalized cocaine. 
<laughs> Sorry, I was just imagining if they legalized cocaine. Um, <laughs> no, you know. Yes, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, I I think it's a good a good thing of if it was legalized, it would be a good source of income. And well, and and okay, so if you look at countries where drugs are decriminalized or even legalized, it's their addiction rates are lower, their overdose rates are lower because it's more regulated, it's more controlled. You can get better drugs because they're actual legal drugs at that point. You you're know, not, you're not you're, buying you're, you're, some fentanyl laced bullshit from some dude on the corner. You're not getting something that's been stepped on ten. Exactly. Times Exactly. So it's it's it's. Uh, I feel like it, it would be a lot better. It's a lot more beneficial. But you know what? The heroin addicts wouldn't like it because because I was watching Drugs Inc. and and on Drugs Inc. Is, is know, that your source for pretty much anything drug related? No, I just I was watching a lot of episodes one day because I was hungover. And I didn't <laughs> binge watching shit, Drugs Inc. And I didn't want to do anything, so I was binge watching Drugs Inc. because I was hungover. But no, this one guy he was a, he was a heroin addict. And he goes, yeah, dude, you hear about that heroin that kills somebody? Everybody on the block wants to go get that shit because you know that shit's good. Um, but you know, yeah. way off subject. A little let's, bit. Let's, let's 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 get back to this. Okay. Um, uh, so the victims, you know, Renthal James is supposed to, supposed. To, yeah, the, we're victims. gonna get into the victims here. So um, you know, we've got Nicole Brown Simpson. Um, she was born on May 19th, 1959, there's to answer your question, hey. in Frankfurt, Germany. Um, her mother was Juditha Ann, or Judy Brown. She was born Bauer, um, and she was a German citizen, and her father was Louis, Louis oh, that, that was a weird Hezekiel. Uh, Louis Hezekiel, or Lou, Brown Jr., and he was an American citizen. Um, so she attended Rancho Alamitos High School in Garden Grove, California. She took a trip to Garden Grove. Um, anyway, uh, then Dana Hills High School in Dana Point, California, and she graduated there in 1977. You know, Nicole never really had a chance to, uh, live her life to the fullest. Why not? I mean, because after, uh, well, after high school, because didn't she meet O.J. Simpson pretty much right out of high school? I think she was working at oh, a, yeah, actually, she was working as a waitress. Um, but it wasn't it that it was at that club in um, Beverly Hills. I, I remember seeing because we saw the thing about him. Yeah, where he met her, and at, uh, he was like at dinner or lunch or something. Yeah, he came. I think he came back to see her or something. Yeah. Like that. Um, what was that club called though? I don't remember. I don't recall. But you know what? I, I do have to say one thing about O.J. Simpson and Nicole's relationship. Is, at first, is from the outside, I mean... It, it did it, seem like a very sweet, romantic kind of, oh, he was he swept was, away was, by her. But he but, was married. Well, yeah. He, okay, yeah, time, and, yeah, we, 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 we'll, we will talk about that because there's all slide on when they meet. But um, yeah, and so he was... And you also have to remember, he's substantially older than her. Oh, look. Working as a waitress at a private club in Beverly Hills called the Daisy. Oh shit! There it is. <laughs> I knew I, I knew I had it in there somewhere. See what happens when I just cut shit out and I, I improvise. <laughs> I didn't know his middle name was Lyle. Yeah. So Ronald Lyle Goldman, also known as Ron. <laughs> uh, he was born on July second, nineteen sixty-eight. He was fucking Nicole Simpson. I don't believe he was. My my theory. My theory is because I just want—I mean, I feel that maybe Ron Goldman's dad was upset that he found out that his son was dating Nicole Simpson. Why would so, his dad be upset about that? Because Nicole Simpson wasn't she a married woman at that time? No, they were divorced. 
Well, she was in the limelight. Maybe he didn't want his son to be. Maybe she was doing. His son drugs. was trying to be an actor. Maybe she was doing drugs. We don't know. Maybe. Oh maybe, my God. maybe his parents disapproved of the relationship. So, so you're still on the the Fred Goldman killed his son thing. Dude, have you seen that guy? I mean, he has a very nefarious looking mustache. He does have a really nefarious looking <laughs> mustache. <laughs> no, you know what? Like I said, it's, it's a theory, and I know it's probably not true, but it's just. I can just picture him twirling the corner of his mustache in the corner, like. <laughs> it's, it's really the mustache, in, in the way I've seen him talk on interviews, the way he sounds, it's like he's. So stern to point. I mean, he's just honestly, he's a very upset father who just wants answers. Like that's what it really comes down to. Is like he's just looking for someone to to blame. He he needs to know who did it. That's what it really comes down to. It was him. It was OJ. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was that uh, fucking mustache, bro. It was it was the mustache. It like jumped off his face in the middle of the night and it's just like running down the street. It's my and dad's it, mustache. And then Nicole answers the door and she's like, "What the fuck?" And she looks down and the mustache just jumps up and starts stabbing her. And then Ron you know, comes up and he's just like, "Dad's mustache. What are you doing?" When it was first reported though, they did make it seem like Ronald Goldman and Nicole Simpson were going out. Oh yeah, no, they definitely played on that because um, you know they were they were both single. Uh, they you know, and apparently Nicole did have a bath run upstairs with like candles and like you know whatever. But like, she was waiting for OJ to come over. No, she was probably just gonna go take a bath by her fucking self. Maybe she it was, was waiting for OJ to come over, and Ron Goldman went there to drop off the glasses, and OJ saw that and he freaked out and murdered him. But he's innocent. I mean, Maybe. According to the state of California. Um, but yeah, they definitely played on the whole maybe they were banging thing. And I, I honestly don't believe that because when I did a little like reading up on Ron Goldman, and I apologize, but this is just my opinion, uh, it kind of seemed like he might have been gay. He was listen. He was a young aspiring actor, right? He moves to California. He likes to go clubbing and dancing, and he becomes friends with Nicole Brown Simpson. And like, he borrows her Ferrari, and like, he sounded like he's he borrowed her Ferrari. Yeah, that's actually how they met. He borrowed her Ferrari, and then they became friends. How the fuck do you ask somebody to? Borrow that's what their I'm saying. Ferrari? Is like, I want to find friends like that where I can just be like, I, I just meet somebody that owns a Ferrari, and I'd be like, Hey, can I borrow your Ferrari real quick? And they're just like, Sure. And then we become friends, and I'm like, Fuck, now I. Have have a rich friend with a Ferrari. Hey, if we ever make it, we'll both buy, borrow, buy Ferraris <laughs> and we'll borrow each other's Ferrari just so we can <laughs> no, say. No, honestly, like I would just meet people and be like, hey, you want to borrow my Ferrari? <laughs> that sounds like a good way to get your Ferrari stolen, honestly. Dude, fucking, um, um, I saw... The uh, 90s were a crazy time. I saw I saw the new Corvette today, man. Oh, Those things are so wet. Oh, yeah. God. Anyways, we really need to fucking stop doing... Why <gasps> yeah, am I we're, retarded? We're, we're an hour in and we're way off topic. Only on the third slide of 39. Uh, uh, yeah, shit. Fifth slide out of 39. <laughs> oh. Thank you. And and there's title slides, so it's not like every slide has information. I did it get looks, a little carried away on the really slide. professional. I but, did, you know. Anyways, you anyway. know, so we were talking about Ronald Lyle Goldman or yes. Ron Goldman. And uh, um, so, he was born in Chicago. Yeah, Chicago, Illinois, July, July 2nd, 2nd, 1968. Yeah. And uh, his, his mother, Sharon Rufo. And his father, Frederick Goldman, with that fucking mustache. Um, <laughs> just shave the mustache, dude. Just, <laughs> say, just save yourself the trouble and shave the mustache. After his parents divorced in 74, he did live briefly with his mother. But after that, he was raised by his father, Fred, along with his sister, younger sister, Kimberly Goldman. What the fuck is that, dude? What? Read that last line. 
but was then raised by his father, Fred, along with his... Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) It says sister, younger sister. Uh, It should just be his younger sister, Kimberly. So so yeah, there was was a typo. My bad. I, I, I was a little high when I wrote this. As he was going really deeply in depth. Oh, yeah. I, I did a lot on this Nick one. Deep Nick thoughts. Deep Nick thoughts. So anyway, so at 18 years old, he followed his family to Southern California, where he supported himself by working various jobs, uh, including a tennis uh, tennis instructor, uh, an occasional model, and as obviously a waiter. Um, Ron, however, had dreams of opening his own bar or restaurant in Los Angeles, as well as acting more. <laughs> Uh, he even made an appearance as a contestant on a game show called Studs in 1992. Uh, and I believe he had a couple of other smaller acting credits, but you know, he was just starting out just trying to catch his, uh, just trying to catch his break. And then, uh, his life was tragically cut short. Borrowing people's Ferraris and shit. Dude, honestly, like that's, that's a pretty good, a pretty good situation when you can just meet somebody and be like, um, Hey, can I borrow your Ferrari? And they let you borrow their Ferrari. That's just like, what was there a fucking internet website fucking that you go on to, or was it? In, no, he just like they they met they just randomly met each other, and then I guess he needed to borrow the Ferrari for something, and she let him borrow the Ferrari. But was it like the first time they met? I must. It sounded like it, as far as what I read. Dude, I need those friends. <laughs> uh, so now that we've talked about the victims, we're going to talk about the alleged killer. That. Yeah, we did. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. I talked about how he worked as oh, all yeah, these things, did. and then, yeah. Yeah, see, uh, I was dabbing yeah, people. Yeah, he was dabbing to death. Fuck, dude, that weed, that weed drink's fucking kicking in. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely I'm is. I'm all antsy and shit now. <laughs> I'm like, eh. Um, well, yeah, because if you think about it, we put the two drinks together, and that's like 60 to 70 milligrams each for huh? what we drank. Yeah. Well, I had four. Total. Well, because you drank like 30, 30 of the of first one, one and then... 10 of the second Oh, you only did 10 of the second one? Yeah. I did like 25 of that one and like 25 of that one. <laughs> anyway. You always got to outdo me, Nick. I just like to get high. I, I just like... I just really have a high tolerance and I just really like to to see where my, my limits are. Okay, yeah. now, now, now something I want to touch on briefly because we're going to, and, and the slide, it does, does say the alleged killer. Yeah, and the alleged is in quotation marks. We, we still have to remember with a lot of things, in the United States today, you are innocent until proven guilty. It is not your job to... Uh, it's not your job to prove your innocence. It's the prosecution's job yes. to prove your guilt. Yes. Yeah. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. And like you said, he did get found not guilty, so, you know, technically, he did not do it. Motherfucker's dumb. But he's hella dumb, because he made it, he he basically said he did it. When you write a book in the third person, no, and when he did that interview, didn't he do that interview in the third person? A part of it was in the third person? And then who's this Charlie guy that he created out of thin air? or Daryl or something No, it was Charlie. It was definitely Charlie, because then I just kept picturing him and Charlie Sheen. Did they say that there was two people there, though? No, there was never any evidence of two people there. There was never any. There was just one one killer. So he, you know, he was he here. Here's what his defense would be: I was having an out of body experience. I did not know that it was me doing this. It was Daryl. 
And I saw Daryl doing this, and I couldn't do anything. To so stop basically, Darryl he's going to claim he has dissociative identity disorder, where he basically has like another personality that took control of him. Have you seen Fight Club, dude? It's totally feasible. I mean, there's also what's that movie? Uh, uh, with uh, Samuel L. Jackson, and then that guy where he has hella split personalities, but Samuel L. Jackson's like hella fragile, and it's called Glass. Uh, and then they it was like a three different movies. It was like a three movie about. series, and like one of them was called Glass. Yeah, Unbreakable. And yeah, Unbreakable one? Glass, and then Split, I think. I think it was called Split, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah. Is so that a real disease? Dissociative Identity Disorder, yes. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, it's it's actually pretty. Uh, there's a, a YouTuber who did a, a whole episode on it where he interviewed people with DID, and it's like really interesting, like the the things that you know these people have to go through. And, the different personalities. Yeah, they they things. yeah, it's 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 a total trip. Um, anyway. Anyways. So let's talk about OJ Simpson. So OJ Simpson was born and raised in San Francisco. Yes. Um, he was born on July 9th, 1947. Oh, God. Orenthal James Orenthal. Orenthal James, James Simpson. Simpson. Another good name, Orenthal. A.K.A. The Juice. Right, right, um, right. Was, the Juice is loose. Was the son of Jimmy Lee Simpson and Eunice Jimothy. Simpson, born Durden. Yeah, Eunice Durden okay. was her name but until one, she got married. One thing I have to say is, I mean, you know the name OJ is cool. And but Orenthal. Orenthal, like, what the fuck were you thinking? No, um, so, fuck, it was like, uh, I forgot what it was. His grandma named him after somebody. You know, the, the funny thing about... Um, he actually didn't even know his name was Orenthal until he was, like, way older. And then a teacher called him in class as Orenthal, and he didn't know. And so, But, he yeah, he just went, oh, by OJ, or the juice. The whole, his whole life. Yeah. So, um, you know, so, so the thing about his dad was uh, his dad, <laughs> Jimmy Lee Simpson. Um, he was a well-known drag queen in the Bay Area. Yeah. And later in life, he came out as gay and actually died of AIDS in 1986. Yeah. Um, as, as you probably figured out from that little excerpt, um, OJ's parents separated in 52 after which he was raised by his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, he grew up in Petrero Hill neighborhood, which is not a, not a particularly nice neighborhood. Um, you know, and so, but he, uh, he actually in his teenage years was a member of a street gang called the Persian warriors. I didn't know he was Persian. I, I don't think he is. So I'm a little I'm a little confused by that one, honestly. Um I just uh yeah, and number two, that's why I put street gang in quotation marks. Because I'm sorry, any gang that calls themselves the Persian Warriors, I just picture shit like back in uh what what, what, what was that movie with the Jets? No, no, the movie with the Jets and the Sharks, uh West Side Story. Where they're like walking down the street, snapping their fingers, like, we're gonna get into a rumble, guys. Oh and then they gosh. start singing when you're a jet, you know, like <laughs> that's what I figure. That's what I hear. Or I think of when I hear Persian warriors. So it doesn't sound like a particularly hard street gang, in my opinion. You know, after, sorry if you're a member of the Persian warriors, but change your fucking name after being a Persian warrior and uh, getting into some trouble. <laughs> he actually met um, baseball great Willie Mays, and that's actually who encouraged him to stay out of trouble. Yeah, basically, you kind of told him to like turn his life around and get his shit together. It was it was that that moment that click. Yeah, you know, it was after that um, he started playing football, which would eventually lead him to his career in the NFL and mm-hmm. his nickname, the Juice. Yep, yep, the Juice is loose. Hey, you know what? I think he ended up being not guilty because so many people loved OJ Simpson. Well, Dude, and so it, was, it really he was, did. 
It, have, you, have you seen? Like, he's got tons of commercials. He was really all good. All the Hertz commercials really and all good, the really endorsements. He was, he was in that movie. Hella you know? movies. Yeah. I mean, he, he was... We'll, we'll talk about his acting career. He was a bit. really personable guy. Um, so, yeah. Uh, run, OJ, run. Go, go, Buffalo. OJ Simpson's football career. Um, so in college, OJ played for USC, uh, where he rushed what for... What is that? Uh, University of Southern California. Yeah, because not everybody knows that. Sorry, sorry. That could be University of Santa Cruz. No, that's UC Santa Cruz. Oh, so yeah, that would be UCSC. Oh, yeah, there's a difference, huh? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> he played for the University of Southern California, where he rushed for a total of 3,423 yards over his three years there. Um, while there, he also, run the, he also won the Heisman Trophy, the Maxwell Award, and the Walter, Camper, the Walter Camp Award twice. Deuces. Um, yeah. After college, he was drafted by the Buffalo Bills, um, but he... What is it? But after he demanded what was then the largest contract in the history of professional sports, which was $650,000 over five years. And which, if you think about how much athletes get paid now, that's nothing. $650,000 over five years? <laughs> We're talking about... That six- comes out to a little over $100,000 a year, right? Well, yeah. Uh, math, but I, you, math, gotta, math. You, you gotta think about inflation, man. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, look at what athletes get paid now. There's athletes getting paid millions of dollars for one season. 125 million dollars over four years. So that's 130 thousand dollars a year, basically. Um, so this led to a standoff between him and the owner of the team until OJ basically threatened to become an actor <laughs> instead, and so the Bills finally caved and paid him his money because he was a good actor. He oh had, yeah, no, he, he definitely his stand. acting career actually happened or. Uh, he started acting before he even start uh, was a f- professional football player. He was acting when he was in college still. Dude, Mac Dre, you are just all up so in my shit so right fun. now. Like she's all up my. Um, you're next to them. Uh, she, maybe she wants to say something. Simpson actually played for the. She Bills has an opinion until uh, 1978 season when he was uh, traded to his hometown team, the San Francisco 49ers. Hmm. Um, hey, 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 hey. He played for San Francisco until he <laughs> retired after his last game in December of 1979. So he basically only played for San Francisco for a little over a year, I believe. Um, if Actually, maybe even only a year. He what might year have played did he get out once. of college? Uh, okay, so he was a senior in 1968, so he graduated in 1969, I'm assuming. So he played for like 10 years. Yeah. So... We're going to talk about OJ's career after football because, I mean, shit, he was an actor for a while. Um, OJ's act, acting career technically started before his professional football career did. Um, he first appeared in an episode of Dragnet in 1967. And this this was while he was still playing for USC. He also made an appearance on the shows Medical Center and Roots. And I saw him in Roots, I mean... We had to watch it in school, so I, I mean, I remember that. Um, now, Simpsons movie credits include The Klansman, which was in 1974. I've never, I actually don't think I've seen any of these, except for the, the last one. So, movie credits include The Klansman of 1974, The Towering Inferno in 1974, The Cassandra Crossing in 1976, Capricorn One in 1978. Back to the Beach in 1987, and the Naked Gun Trilogy, 
1991, and 1994. Now, the thing I see here, though, is that there is a nine-year gap in between movies, and I was—I wonder what he did in that nine-year gap. Well, I mean, I guess one of the years he was... He was I see you don't need me, so I'm going to go make a drink. So I, I know for one of the... Um, one of those years he was... Well, actually two, because 78 and 79... He was still playing football. I mean, maybe he just wanted to retire for a little bit and just take a break. I mean, I totally get that. I, I do that, too. Um, <laughs> fun fact, I didn't even know this. Um, OJ started his own production company in 1979 called Orenthal Productions, which uh, mostly produced made-for-TV movies. He also made his own hidden camera prank show, prank show called Juiced. Which only aired as a one-time pay-per-view special. Now, I'm going to have to look this up. I'm going to take a quick five-minute break. I will be right back, and uh, I'll see if I can find this. So, um, we will be doing a... We'll do a special on the um, o- Orenthal James Simpsons movie, Juiced, because... Well, it's a prank show. Yeah, it's a prank show. Um, we ordered it. No, I already told me it was a prank show. Um, yeah, because after looking into it, you can't find any torrents of it. Like, nobody's even tried to steal the damn thing. But, if you get Netflix and you add the DVD plan to your, uh, your subscription, you can rent the movie. The last surviving copy of the O.J. Simpson movie. But yeah, we're going to do a special on that. Um, we've, It'll be a follow-up. They said next, next, the next available movie will be shipped on Monday. So Hopefully we'll be getting it soon. Yeah. But uh, if not, we'll wait for it. We will wait for it. It got broken shipping. There's no more. <laughs> no! Hey, um, well, then I'm canceling. Damn it. Anyway. Yeah, so I, I, I you did, did this whole slide? That all that, yeah. All right, nice. I'm nice. Good, We're bro. moving right along. All right, so so you remember that movie when Harry met Sally? When OJ met Nicole. Yeah, this is when OJ met Nicole. Which I It's a lot I'm... less romantic and it ends in murder. Well alleged. No, no, she still gets murdered. Whether he did it or not, it ends in murder. Well, she ended in murder. O.J. Simpson's still alive. He just got out of jail. Uh, anyway. He's got his NFL pension he's getting money from because Ron Goldman's family can't touch it. Oh, my God. So, uh, speaking of money and O.J. Simpson, so uh, I was while I was doing my, uh, my slideshow here. What um, is his net worth? I have no idea. But while I was doing the slideshow, I was watching some more shit on YouTube about O.J. Simpson. Because, you know, you can get a lot of different shit there yeah, that yeah, you can't yeah. get on, like, TV or on demand or whatever. You get a lot of different views. Um, so I found this one thing. It was just, like, a little, like, five or six minute long video. But it was Robert Shapiro, who was, like, his main attorney, right? Uh, so it was Robert Shapiro finally, like, broke his silence on the whole thing and talked about the case. And uh, he, when they asked him if he would have represented OJ when he uh, went to trial for stealing his shit, he said no, because OJ still owed him money for the first trial. <laughs> so OJ ain't paying nobody. Like Dude, He OJ, doesn't pay anybody. OJ paid his whole fortune on that shit pretty much. Well, yeah, no, he, he exhausted all his money on that. Hey, but if you was going to go to jail for the rest of your life, wouldn't you do the same thing? And I mean, um, it's it's all alleged because he was technically right, right, not guilty. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, 
I thought she was younger when she met OJ. No, so she was only 18 years old when she met OJ Simpson. Um, and as we mentioned earlier, she was working at a club in Los Angeles called The Daisy she when she first met it, OJ. Yeah, but you can still serve alcohol even if you're not 21. I not think. anymore. No? Not anymore. Not at a, like a restaurant? You can't be a server and serve somebody a drink? I think so. I don't know. Anyway. If you know, put comments it, it, below. It, there's checkers at Walmart that aren't 21 and they can ring up alcohol for you. I guess. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, she was 18 years old and Getting fresh out of high school. While she was on work. And he was about 30 years old, married to his first wife, Marguerite Whitley, and nearing the end of his football career. Um, so, still married to Marguerite. How, is it Margareta? Marguerite. Marguerite? Margarita? No, just Marguerite. It's like Margarita without the uh. Margarita? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Even though he was still married to Marguerite um, Simpson, he began dating Nicole anyway. And didn't Nicole know about it too? Yeah, I believe so. But so he told yeah, her, he, 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 he claims he, that they were separated at the time. That's every fucking guy's story that's cheating. Yeah, well, and so here's the thing, though. He claims, I'm, I'm telling so you, he woman, claims they were separated, right? But he, him and Marguerite weren't officially divorced until 1979, which is two years after he met Nicole Brown. You think they were already banging? Yeah. They were dating for two years. Do you think he asked for ID before he did it? No. Or Kelly should have. that's gonna be another episode yeah we'll Um, we'll get into that one at some point so oj and nicole got married in 1985 and during which time they had two children together sydney and justin um and also he had a, a child in his first marriage jason right i don't know what his name was it was it was jason I just remember that he, uh, Jason fucking killed fucking Nicole, dude. Again, we're getting into alternate theories at the end of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just ruining the end of the episode right now. (laughs) Spoiler alert. They're they're gonna be Uh, like, there's no sustenance at the end. It just felt We're gonna get to the end and I'm like, well, we don't have anything left to talk about because Dick already talked about it all. No, um, so yeah, so he had, uh, Sydney and Justin in his second marriage and their marriage was plagued by problems. Um, mostly OJ was pretty abusive he even pled no contest to spousal abuse in 1989 oh yeah well she fucked her up yeah I, I've and seen like yeah there, there was like a long documented process of the, uh his abuse on her and basically it, it yeah it was bad um so nicole obviously files for divorce in 1992 citing irreconcilable differences basically she was tired of getting the shit beat out of her and she wanted out but it was the juice the juice is loose. All right, so now we get into the night of the murders, June 12th, 1994. It was a muggy 99 degrees, and it was uh, <laughs> about 8 o'clock at night. No, um, uh, we should actually look up the, the, the temperature. I wonder if you can find that, like the temperatures. Of, I mean, it's all got to be recorded, right? Yeah, yeah. there's probably like a website where I, you can I like, wonder how hot it was. Maybe it was a hot day, dude. No, Jay just got pissed off because he was dehydrated. Well, we'll get into what really pissed off OJ right now. So, Frederick with that fucking mustache. <laughs> so, after attending a dance recital for their daughter, Sydney, Nicole and the rest of the family went out to dinner at the Mezzaluna restaurant where Ron Goldman was a waiter. And this was a dinner that OJ was not invited to. But wasn't he supposed to be traveling somewhere that night anyway? I mean, yeah, but he didn't have to leave until way later at night, so he could have still gone to dinner with them. It's just they didn't invite him because he was an abusive piece of shit. 
Anyways. Anyway. It's all hearsay. No, he literally was abusive. Like, that's documented. That's not hearsay. That's proven. <laughs> like, long proven. Cite your sources. Anyway. Um. <clears throat> so, uh, later that night, Nicole's mother calls the restaurant about a pair of glasses that she had lost at dinner. Um, the manager finds the glasses, puts them in an envelope, and gives them to Ron Goldman to deliver to... Because he knows Ron no- Goldman's banging her. Well, he knows that him and Nicole are friends. Uh, so he gives the envelope to Goldman to deliver to Nicole's condo on the way home after his shift. Yeah, you just let your friend borrow your Ferrari, too. <laughs> hey, you know what? If he had borrowed the Ferrari, he would have gotten there a lot faster. Anyways, back yeah. to this. Um, you know, Ron- Ronald Lyle Goldman... Um, he, he left uh, Mesaluna at 9.50 p.m.-ish and headed for Nicole's condo on Bundy Drive. Her neighbors... Ted um, Bundy Drive. Ted Bundy. That would be funny. Um, her neighbors later <coughs> testified that they heard barking coming from her condo starting around like 10.15-ish. Um, and it lasted almost until 11 o'clock when a dog walker who lived a few blocks away from Nicole's place found her Akita... Barking in the street in front of her house, its legs were covered in blood because, I mean, it was a bloodbath. Fun fact, that dog walker is the person who helped write If I Did It. I know. Coincidental or not? <laughs> um, anyway. Wow. So the dog ends up following the guy home. and Fuck, is, he, that, is that her? Yep. Dude, that's fucking... Yeah. Rough, dude. Yeah, it's bad. She got fucked up. Yeah. Um, so, th- yeah, there's a picture of the, the crime scene. You can see Nicole's body. Um, basically, this is the view that these people walk up on. I'll get to this. but uh, So he, he tries to walk the dog back to Nicole's house where he found it, but the dog basically refused. It was way too agitated. So he leaves the dog with this couple who offers to keep the dog overnight. Um, but they end up later walking it back to Nicole's house because it was just like super agitated still. And they thought maybe walking it would calm it down. And this is where they discover Nicole Brown Simpson's body. That is all fucking horseshit. What? It all makes sense to me now. Oh, okay. We got another, another answer. Did, did, did you solve the case here? I solved the case. Think about it. All right, guys, get ready. Dick solved the case. Detective Dick this solved dog, the case. This dog walk. This just so happened. Just so happened to help write the If I Did It book. Uh-huh. That motherfucker did it. The dog walker did it? Yes. And the only reason he brought the Akita and left it at somebody's house is so he would have an alibi. Hmm. He was infatuated with Nicole Brown Simpson. <laughs> he knew her because of the dogs. So he went over there, and when he found Ron Goldman there, he was so enraged that he fucking attacked Nicole, attacked Ron... Almost cut Nicole's head off because he was so agitated about this and beat the shit out of Ron. And then he's like, oh, fuck. I fucked up. What can I do? I'm going to grab this dog and take the dog with me and drop it off with his people and say that it was too agitated to go back to the house. And that way I'm scot-free. Boom. Fucking solved that's LAPD. A, that's a bit of a stretch. Not really, though. That's that's a pretty big stretch. There's there's a, there's alternate theories at the end that we'll get into that make way more sense than that, and still are probably not what happened. But you got to say that actually does make sense, doesn't it? 
I mean, I guess. I guess if you like theoretically wanted to go like hypothetically, maybe. Now he's just gonna cut that whole excerpt out. And no, put no. It to the, like, like, put it to the end with the alternate theories. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so um, so she's laying face down in a pool of blood at the foot of the steps leading to the front door of her condo, which is currently standing open. Um, but you know, when investigators got there, there was actually no evidence that the killer had gone inside at all. Basically, Nicole had come outside probably to meet Ron Goldman for the glasses and was attacked by the dog walker by somebody. There's Ron Goldman, by the way. That's, um, that's, that's not that bad. So when the police arrived, they discover the body of Ron Goldman laying nearby Nicole's. Uh, he's basically close to the fence and a, a tree. Um, Nicole had been stabbed several times in, in the, the head, head and neck, and her throat had been slit so deeply that she was nearly decapitated. Um, they said that you could see the vertebrae in her spine through the hole in her neck. Like, that's pretty fucking rough. Like, that's hard. Like, you really have to fucking, like, uh, infatuation makes you do fucking crazy I mean things, no man. but like think about it do you think some fucking noodle armed fucking dog walker is going to be able to do that well, or we, do you think a fucking football player is going to be able to do that well actually we need to get a picture of this dog walker because who knows maybe this dog walker is fucking huge he's not anyway anyway <laughs> uh, so Ron had been stabbed several times in the chest and neck area and in his thighs um, forensics would later reveal that the killer had held him in a chokehold as they stabbed him. Um, you know, why do you say they? As they, the the killer, as the killer stabbed them, because I'm not saying who the killer is. I'm not, you know, we're just saying. It's when you the, say when you say they, it's plural. Oh my god! When he stabbed him. Okay, as he stabbed him, he or she, because it, <laughs> it could have been a female, but I doubt it. Unless she's like a bodybuilder. She was infatuated with Ron Goldman. <laughs> uh, alternate theories. Um, Deep dick thoughts. <laughs> Police determined that Nicole was the first victim and the intended target by the fact that even though she was barefoot and the entire area was soaked in blood, the bottoms of her feet were clean. Yeah, which means that when she was like walking outside, like you know, that there was no blood out there already. She was like, she was out there, and then she was the first to die. The person Me- had a foot fetish and cleaned her feet off. <laughs> the dog walker had a foot fetish. He he had her he had her OnlyFans page, dude. There was no OnlyFans in 1994. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it was just Playboy magazine, Hustler, fucking you know, whatever. The, the the police later determined that after killing Ron Goldman, the killer returned to Nicole's body, stood on her back, grabbed her by the hair, and then slit her throat. Yes. So which will al- which will tie into one of the alternate theories at the end of the episode. So was she alive the whole time? No, no, no I'm pretty sure she was already dead by that point, so, and so, then so what, just the, went back to slit her throat just because overkill. Yeah, it's rage at this point, I think. Um, Both Ron and Nicole had very few defensive wounds on their hands, which actually led the police to believe that both struggles were relatively short. Mm -hmm. So whoever this killer was, he was brutal, he was strong, and he or she was merciless. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah, so left behind at the scene of the crime were a trail of bloody size 12 shoe prints. Bruno Magli's. What kind of shoes did the dog walker have? I don't know, but the the size of the shoe will tie into an alternate theory. Everybody hates me. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so there's the shoe prints, a blue knit cap, the left hand glove belonging to a pair of extra large Aris Isotoner leather gloves. And which work great for holding leashes when you're walking dogs. Yes, yes, they do actually. (laughs) It's a light leather glove too, so it's you know you get you get the strength of the leather, but without the the heat of a a thick leather. It's not like latex. It's a light leather. (laughs) Uh, So and then there was the envelope, a blood stained envelope containing the glasses that were meant to be returned to Nicole on that fateful night. Why were they in an envelope? Who the fuck put the manager? In an envelope? The manager put him in an envelope, gave him to Ron Goldman, and he took the envelope to Nicole's house. So basically, the speculation is is that you know Ron basically walked up on Nicole being attacked. Ron came in, tried to defend her, uh, because little known fact, Ron was actually uh, he practiced martial arts. Dating Nicole? Mm, no. um but yeah so you know i feel like that's what what happened is you know the attacker came in was stabbing nicole uh ron came in tried to defend her got stabbed himself um so you know he he did his best he tried i mean what can you do against a, a a large assailant with a knife how do you know that he was a large assailant you have to look at like okay um the the stab wounds you can look at the trajectory you can figure out approximate height you can standing on a ladder bro oh okay yeah the the dog walker <laughs> had stilts on and oh so you agree it could have been the dog walker <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I'm neither confirming nor denying the dog walker now, now, conspiracy. Now being, being able to have all these these other <laughs> theories show you how much the LAPD truly fucked up their investigation, which we're actually going to talk about next. Yeah. So we're getting into the investigation now. They fucked that shit up, though. They man. they did. They did on several fronts. Um, for several different reasons. Uh, it, it was sloppy, and but this is also before like they really started to tighten up what they had to do. For- hey, did they have DNA back then? No, this was actually the first case where DNA, like one of the first cases where DNA was used in court, and so that's part of the reason that the jury didn't buy into it because they didn't know enough about it. Like they were just like, "What's this DNA voodoo you're talking about?" Um. Anyway, so yeah, we're into the investigation. So, the night of the murders, O.J. Simpson was supposed to take a late flight to Chicago in order to play golf the next day at a convention for Hertz rental cars, which we all know he was a spokesperson for. Uh, The limo driver shows up at... I I like that O.J. Simpson. He's so trustworthy. (laughs) I feel like I can trust O.J. with anything. Like, I would let O.J. borrow my Ferrari. He knew all about my rental car needs. Seriously. Hey, do you think he would let me rent a Ferrari? Hey, does, oh, does Hertz still do rental cars? Yeah. I didn't know that. I think so. so they definitely don't use O.J. Simpson's commercials anymore. So, back to this. Um, um, he, he had a limo that was going to take him to the airport. Yeah. And the limo driver showed up at, the, at O.J.'s very famous Rockingham Estate, as we all know it as. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got there around 1025, I'm assuming that's p.m. Yes, p.m. And... Um, Drove around for a while, noting OJ's address on the curb, but not OJ's white Bronco parked in front of it where police later found it, meaning that it was not there when he arrived. Yeah, so basically he gets there and there's no white Bronco parked outside. Kato Kayla was driving it. Um, so the driver, Alan Park, began to buzz the intercom at approximately 10.40 p.m., but he received no response. 
Now that seems kind of shady to me. Motherfucker, you tell me you drove around for 15 minutes and then decided well, to no, buzz no, no. So he drove around and then parked and sat there for a while and then got out to buzz the intercom because nobody had showed up. Okay. Uh, so he buzzes the intercom, he gets no response, and then at one point he sees a shadowy figure, quote-unquote, about O.J. Simpson's size, enter the front door of the home from the driveway, but he doesn't see which direction the, the shadowy figure came from. He just sees him go up to the door and go inside. It was about this time that Cato Kalen, who was driving the Bronco, uh, who is a friend of OJ's who lived in the guest house on the property, said that he heard something crash against the wall of the guest house, followed by three thumps. Now, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say my two cents. Cato Kalen for me is a favorite for this crime. I love Cato Kalen though. Like he just seems like the typical stoner. Like I don't I know what you're talking about, he bro. Might have done it though, dude. You think Cato Kalen did it? He had access to OJ's house. He had access to OJ's shoes. So you're saying he framed OJ for it? Yes. The the man who let him live in his house rent free. Hey. If OJ's out of the house, ha- out of the house, I don't have to live in the guest house no more. Oh I got my, the- yeah, no, if OJ's out of the house, OJ doesn't own the house anymore because OJ's in prison. Does he and- own the house? No, I'm assuming if he went to prison, like he would lose the house. He would lose everything. Like- Anyways, you know, about Kato Kalen. Yeah, so I don't I don't know. I have just seen stuff where I mean he just doesn't seem legit think- to me. I'm sorry to Kato Kalen, but I don't think Kato Kalen was smart enough to do this. Damn, he just said you're dumb, Kato. Hit us up in the comments. Let us know what you think, Kato. <laughs> uh, I was just, I, just I, I don't know. I just, like, but you know, I'm. This is all coming from the eyes of a nine-year-old because that's when I was watching this stuff, and I don't know why, but you know, this is something that I actually remember. And a big thing about it for me was seeing Kato Kalen and hearing what Kato Kalen had said, and I don't know why. I, I was a nine-year-old at the time, but there was just something about him to me that just didn't... It didn't click. But, I mean, that's neither here nor there. He never got accused of the crime. Um, so, he's... As, as we say in the United States, he is innocent until proven guilty. Um, back to Kato Kalen and those three thumps he heard... Um, After he heard that, he went outside to investigate the noise, and instead of walking down the pathway that leads behind the guest house, he headed towards the driveway, and he actually let the limo driver in, and it's at this point that OJ comes out claiming that he overslept. After figuring out that one of the victims was Nicole Brown Simpson, former former wife of famous football player and actor OJ Simpson, detectives Tom Lang, Philip Van Natter, Ron Phillips and Mark Furman are dispatched to OJ's Rockingham residence to notify him of the murder. I mean, and, and something, you know, there's a lot of talk about is that, you know, the police would actually go and just hang out at OJ's house, just kick it with them. Anyways, uh, yeah, they just went to OJ's uh, Rockingham residence to notify him that his wife had been murdered. Um I guess, because you'd kind of consider him to be the next of kin, and he's going to have to, if she has the children, he's going to have to figure out something to do with the kids, you know. But um, anyway, upon arriving at the Rockingham residence, the detectives rang the intercom for about 30 minutes, and they didn't get any response from OJ, but by this time, Simpson was already on his way to Chicago. 
they they noticed his white Ford Bronco parked at the curb, and they spotted some blood on the door, and also on the interior of the vehicle. Sorry, I spaced out there. No, this is this is a big thing. I mean, a lot of it comes to what the limo driver said in not noticing. I mean, I have to ask my coffee on about this, but um, did the limo driver noticed the Ford Bronco when he was leaving. Because if he didn't notice it when he was leaving, then that could mean that somebody else was, in fact, driving the car. Now, like I said, I I, I do like to play devil's advocate, and I like to be the person that says, you know what, maybe OJ was innocent. Like I said, I've read the book, and it really makes him sound guilty, but that, that, that that is a piece of information that is actually very important. Did... The limo drivers say that he noticed OJ's car or Ford Bronco parked at the curb when they left. Does it ever say anything about that? Uh, I'm sure something did at some point. But I, I, maybe, I don't know. No, maybe, I don't know. Because, because that, that could be a smoking gun right there. If, if the limo driver didn't notice the Ford Bronco there then that means the Ford Bronco was not there, and which means somebody else was driving the Ford Bronco. But then that means it wasn't Cato Kalin because Cato Kalin was there when the limo driver got but, there. But remember the... the, the so maybe uh, it was A.C. Cowlings. That's what I was going to say. A.C. Alternate theories. Hey, in the book, you, you know, third person, A.C. told him everything. No, anyway, that, 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 was, that was just my two cents. It, it, it's, you know, I, I really wonder about the... Um, White Ford Bronco, because I never remember reading anything about it or hearing anything about it. But it's been a long time, too, because, I mean, as we said in our last episode, we, we lost a lot of content. So, I mean, we actually recorded this episode, God, like, three months ago? Like-ish? Three, three and a half months ago? So... But at that time, I don't, I don't, I don't recall anything being said about that. You know, um, now, now the police claiming that they feared for the safety of OJ and those inside due to the presence of the blood that was on his Bronco and the blood I guess they saw inside. Um, Detective Mark Furman climbed over the wall of the property and unlocked the gate for the other three detectives. So basically, they did enter without a warrant. Yes, like what the fuck. They did technically enter without a warrant, but it was because they were concerned that something might have happened to OJ, too. That is bullshit. That is so much bullshit. I mean, no, no, no. Think about it. Think about it. This is a celebrity, right? OJ Simpson, beloved celebrity, right? Didn't the police officers, didn't the police hang out at his house with Yeah, no, they went to, like, they went to parties at his house. Like, they they loved OJ Simpson. Like, so that's why when this whole, like, oh, the LAPD was trying to frame him thing, like, that's bullshit because, but, like, but, they but, loved O.J. Simpson. But the thing about it is, is, I mean, that is a fucking nightmare waiting to happen because they entered without a warrant. Yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah. So and, basically anything they find is already fucked. As an, as an attorney, I can argue that the amount of blood that they found on the vehicle... Was not sufficient. Does not suffice. It was dots. It was blood droplets. Yes, does not suffice. He cut it. He cut his hand. I mean, come on. He wasn't. It wasn't like they found a bloodbath in the fucking brand new Ford Bronco. Well, OJ wouldn't do that. Anyway, true. So AC. 
<laughs> so Furman and Lang speak to Cato Kalin, who tells them about the loud bang and the thumping sounds that he heard from behind the guest house. And so while walking around the property to investigate what could have caused the noises, Mark Furman, who we will discuss later on, the, the racist guy you mentioned earlier, uh, he finds a blood-soaked right-hand glove that matches the glove left behind at the crime scene on Bundy. But who was at the crime scene on Bundy? What do you mean? Mark Furman was at the crime scene on Bundy, True. Correct? Yes, they were all at the crime scene on so, Bundy. They all went from the crime scene on Bundy, which is also a little weird that you sent four detectives to, to inform O.J. Simpson about his wife's death. Um, so, But yes, like you said, Mark Furman was at both crime scenes, which is why people have claimed that he could have planted the glove. Um, so when detectives called OJ Simpson to inform him of Nicole's death, he seemed, he seemed upset, but he didn't really ask any questions about the circumstances behind her death, which seems a little suspicious to me. Um, he, all he really asked was if his kids had seen the murders or the bodies, which I'm wondering if he said murders and bodies, did they tell him that there was two victims? What? <laughs> oh, I don't think she knows it. You know, apparently my sister called me and I was like, oh, <laughs> she might need something. I think I just got butt dialed and butt voicemailed and that's why she didn't pick up when I called. Anyway, it sounded like she said she had a pimple on her nipple. She did have a pimple. Oh, no, I heard nose. Oh, um, I heard pimple on my nipple. What the fuck are you thinking about my sister's nipples? For, dude? <laughs> it's fucked up. It's fucked up. Um, but anyway, oh, any, anyway, one thing I wanted to say before I got got stuck. So we're gonna back up a second here. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna back up a second. Oh, here. do you want me to go back? <laughs> yeah, because I, I was already on this slide, or to back to the other slide. No, no, no. This, this is the, you're right. You're right where, where we're at. So okay. okay. One thing I did want to touch on was Mark Furman. Yes. Well, I, I know that there might have been some underlying thing between the police department and O.J. Simpson that we don't know about because, like you said, O.J. hung out with them. They came well, to parties. And but, ironically enough, Mark Furman was one of the cops that was sent out to O.J.'s house to investigate his domestic abuse. Okay. Now, check this out. Um Mark Furman was at the was at the murder scene before he went to OJ's house. Now he could have found. Yeah, that, that, right, that, I'm that right. I'm saying now. yes. That's why people are saying that he could have planted evidence because he was at both crime scenes. I mean, I know this is alternate theories, and I know pretty much everybody's. Most people are pretty much decided on this, and like I said, I mean, I pretty much am too. When I heard the if I did it, or when I read excerpts from the if i did a book and, and I then an saw the the lost confessions yeah and video. i saw that in, in the uh, video of him but there are still things about it that are still questionable and that's that's all i'm saying i'm not saying yeah, the no, motherfuckers definitely. Innocent. there's, there's definitely shit about this that's a little a little sus and a little weird um, i mean and i know some of my my theories are, are kind of stretching <laughs> out there a little bit and like grassman and harris but they're they're actually theories that are completely valid. They are things. There, there are. There are things that actually could be true. Could have happened. We don't know. And, and oh, you only, know what's only, re- you know what's really funny is sometimes the most outlandish theories are the ones that turn out to be correct. 
And, and you know what? My, my buddy here loves conspiracy theories, so I he do. should be eating this up. Oh, no. I'm all about alternate <laughs> theories and, like, uh, about all the crazy shit that it could have been or could have not been. Um, like, one of my personal favorites that I'll talk about at the end is the, the Colombian drug lord theory. Oh, yeah. OJ owed money on his... Uh, no, no, no. It wasn't OJ. Ron Goldman? Nope. Nicole? Nope. It was uh, Faye Resnick, Nicole's friend. Where's, like, I, like I said, we'll talk about that at the end. Where's Faye at, OJ? <laughs> uh, she's not missing. All right. Where's Shelly, David? So so back... Free Britney. Free Shelly? Fuck that. Britney's already free. Britney is not free yet. Um, but back to the other guy that we're talking about, the the other elephant in the room, Orenthal James Simpson. When OJ returned to um, L.A., which was the next... Which- was the next day, the so I'm assuming the day after she was murdered. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. He was questioned by Lang, <coughs> um, at which point he notices a cut on OJ's left hand, which he claims he got when he broke a glass at his hotel in Chicago after learning of Nicole's death. Now, very believable. This guy's and a fucking... And actually, they, uh, the hotel did say that they found a broken glass and blood in o- OJ's hotel room. Fun fact... Um, after being informed of the blood found inside his Bronco, um, OJ admit that he cut his finger on the 12th, but that he didn't remember how. And I mean, when it is a little cut, that's, that's two conflicting stories because he says he cut it at his at the hotel and the hotel corroborates that story by saying that there was blood in a broken glass. So he made sure to break a glass and plant his blood at the hotel but then he goes back and says that he cut it on the 12th. He said he cut his finger on the 12th. Which is when he says he cut... He's, he, no, he says he cut his hand at the hotel. But he cut his finger. <coughs> Which is his finger. His finger's on his fucking hand. Yes, but I'm oh assuming when they say hand, I'm assuming like... <laughs> no, when I'm saying hand, I'm talking about his finger. <laughs> Anyways, um, oh, back to the hotel. Um, free OJ. <laughs> oh my no, 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 no. He, no, isn't he out of jail now? Yeah, he's free. He's done um, his done he's done his time, but well, fuck him. Now OJ was quick to act, um, pretty much after he got questioned by the LAPD. Um on the fourteenth of June, he hired big shot sh- uh lawyer. Big Rob. Big Bob Shapiro. Robbie Shapiro. Um, big old Bob. As an attorney who almost immediately began assembling Simpsons legal team known as the Dream Team. The Dream Team. Um, I feel like I feel like they were like the Harlem Globetrotters and the prosecutors were like whatever team they plays it into a race thing, whatever dude. plays against the Harlem Globetrotters. It was like the Harlem Globetrotters were just dancing around them, bouncing the balls off their heads and shit. Like anytime the prosecution tried to be like cool and do something, the fucking defense would be just be like, nope, motherfucker, I'm gonna bounce slam dunk. No, no, no. About this time, you know, oh, um, got a little carried away. There. DNA evidence is coming through. Um, Mm-hmm. And along with the rest of the inv- investigation, it really began to paint a clear picture with O.J. Simpson as the killer. And a deal is made for O.J., who he had actually been staying at his friend Robert Kardashian's house to lay low. Yeah, because basically since the, the murders happened, uh, O.J.'s house Does was... he have a daughter with Miss Kardashian? What? Yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah, there is, a, there is a theory that one of the Kardashian daughters is actually O.J. Simpson's daughter illegitimate daughter <laughs> anyways um fun fact 
that's how you do your friend. <laughs> no, but uh, so yeah, basically, since the murders happened, uh, you know, there was a lot of heat on his house, a lot of reporters, a lot of news around and shit like that. So he just kind of was like laying low at Robert Kardashian's house. And so, like, the DNA evidence started to come in, and really the only DNA that showed up was OJ's, Nicole's, and Ron's, and that was it. So, it kind of made it look like it was him. So, Robert Robert Shapiro makes a deal to be like, hey, he'll turn himself in, like, you know, we we got this. We'll do this hush-hush. Yeah, so he goes, well, we'll turn it, he he says he'll turn himself in to the LAPD by 11 a.m. on June 17th of 1994. Very significant date there. The infamous Bronco Chase. Cut three. (laughs) However, as we all know, that did not happen. 11 a.m. came and went with no sign of O.J. Simpson. Noon, which Shapiro managed to push the deadline to, allowing Simpson to be seen by a mental health specialist as he was quote-unquote suicidal he just lost his uh, he updated his will and wrote three sealed letters one for his children one for his mother and one for the public so noon came and went and still no sign of oj when the police arrived at, at rob's house um to arrest oj it was discovered that um mr simpson had a friend uh, i had a, i can't fucking speak right now um he had escaped with his good friend and former teammate. What's AI? Al. That's Al. Al. Oh, I was like, artificial <laughs> intelligence? Artificial intelligence, AC Cal. Uh, you know, sometimes so we he's got, a robot. Maybe he did it. Maybe so, the robot did it. Sometimes we got a... Uh, AI Cowlings did it. We got typos. So, uh, <laughs> oh, that's Al. AC Cowling in a yeah. white Bronco owned by... Owned by Cowlings. So basically, oh, yeah, uh, so yeah. basically, AC Cowlings like idolized OJ Simpson to the point the exact where he Bronco. had the exact same white Bronco, which may or may not tie into alternate theories. Oh. So, at 1.50 p.m., an APB, an all-points bulletin, if you didn't know, is put out for the Bronco, and a public statement is made naming OJ Simpson as a wanted fugitive. It was actually a really big thing at the time. Oh. I actually remember getting home from school and seeing the uh, the chase. You know, I really, I wish I remembered, but like I said, I was like four and a half. I don't remember shit. I was like nine. Yeah. But it was it was just so significant that it was something that you know I, I was going to remember forever. Yeah. Um. Now the search for OJ went on until about six forty five Pacific Standard Time, <laughs> um, PM. Um. When the Bronco was spotted going north on Interstate 405, as officers approached the vehicle, they learned that OJ is in the back seat of the Bronco with a gun to his head because wasn't AC on the phone with the police at the time? Um, well, so basically, yeah, what happened is um, so there was a lot of calls coming in once they issued the all points bulletin and made the public statement and, and basically named OJ Simpson as a, a wanted criminal. They started getting all kinds of crazy calls. There's people being like, Oh, yeah, OJ's having lunch with Elvis, or, you know, like, I saw him with Madonna, or some shit like that, but, um, and, no, so, yeah, eventually they started getting a couple calls that were real, like, one person was like, hey, I just saw this white Bronco on the freeway, it looked like OJ Simpson was in it, here's the license plate number, the license plate number matched, so they they started, so they started to narrow down the window of where he was, and yes, at one point, AC Cowlings does call the police and say, hey, OJ's in the backseat 
of the car. He's got a gun to his head. Like, just just come on back off. Like, let us leave us alone. And, you know, you always think about car chases and you think they're all high. You, speed yeah, you think chases. high speed pursuit. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, high speed pursuit, high speed pursuit. This, but this was, was literally speed one of the slowest fucking car chases in home. history. He just wanted in to history. go home. Um, but yeah, so they actually find out that he is on the interstate 405 going north. And so officers... AC driving. Because you know it's LA. Did AC get charged with aiding and abetting? He didn't get charged with shit. Funny. He never actually got charged with anything. Actually, no, he did get charged with shit, but he never actually got convicted of anything. Because like it just... Basically, all the attention went to OJ. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, you know the the police actually because there's traffic in LA all the fucking time. <laughs> the the Bronco sitting stopped in traffic, and the police actually walk up to the Bronco, guns drawn, and you know this is when they see OJ. He's got the gun to his head. AC's telling him to back off. So the it's cops a, the cops back off. But it's a very it's a very sensitive time too because they oh, just well, right had, after the Rodney King. It was beatings. right after the Rodney King. Yeah, beatings. and this all the riots in LA and, and all and, of this and shit. And you got OJ who's who's loved by everybody. Oh yeah, especially by the black community. <laughs> you fucking kill him. Oh yeah, no, that's all bad. So, yeah. Even if he killed himself because you were pointing guns at him, everybody's gonna fucking. It's gonna be all bad. It's gonna be riots. Someone's gonna so have a fucking the, videotape so, from their so iPhone. So this chase, this slow ass chase. I think that the top speed was thirty five miles per hour. Um, the chase lasted until eight p.m. when OJ finally agreed to return to his home if he would only be allowed to speak or see his mother. Speak to or see his mother. Um, before the chase ended, though, it effectively shut down the entire city, if not the entire nation, as people lined the streets to cheer on their American hero, O.J. Simpson. Well, and it's California, too, and a lot of people from California, I'm not one of them, but a lot of people in California are 49ers fans, and he was a 49ers. I mean, I'm a 49ers fan, so, you know. Loser. Um, Fuck off. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, we're um, not, not going to get into do something downstairs. We're not going to get into into into. Oh, this is last point. Last point. Okay, last point. Um, anyways, uh, back 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 a little bit. Um, so after sitting in the Bronco at his house for almost an hour. Yeah, but well, because you know there was so he gets to his house and there's like SWAT teams lined up. There's people like there's snipers. Well, there's, the news is there too. Yeah, the news is there. But then you also have to think it's nighttime, and uh, they basically like cut the lights to the entire area of the house, so like it was dark. The news couldn't see anything. Nobody could see anything inside the property. So it, and it, then uh, Jason, his oldest son, I think, came out at one point and like was waving in his arms and like so it was like it was a very high heat moment. And like, so OJ was concerned that if he got out of the car, they were going to shoot him. And so eventually he like makes a deal where he's like, Hey, I just want to go inside. Like I will, I'll surrender peacefully. He even left the gun in the car, you know? Um, so he goes inside and he asks for, <laughs> guess what? A glass of orange juice. Dude, check this out. That, 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 that he, if they would have had fucking tinted windows on that Bronco, he would have gotten away scot-free. He could have gotten out to fucking Mexico because they're close enough to where they could have drove into Mexico and boom. Well, especially if you look at the fact that in the Bronco, the police found the loaded 357 Magnum, a change, a change of clothes, $8,000 in cash, a passport, and a fake goatee and mustache. It kind of sounds to me like OJ planned to run, not to die. Well, you know, he just always carries around his passport and $8,000 And a fake cash. mustache and a goatee. Well, and... you never know when you're going to go to Italy, bro. Oh my God, what if it was... 
Ron, or Fred Goldman's mustache. That would be hilarious. That would be hilarious. He framed Fred Goldman. Fred, Fred Goldman framed him. <laughs> anyway. Um, the dream team. Now, we are going to talk about his lawyers, and this is pretty much what got him off of a... Uh, off of the case, yeah. Or, you, so, know, you know what I mean. They got him free. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna just do a little bit about each member of the dream team here. The thing, the thing where they say you can buy your freedom, you can buy your freedom. Oh yeah, yes you can. So um, now we are gonna talk about OJ's defense team. Now Robert Shapiro, who said he wouldn't defend OJ Simpson again because OJ <laughs> Simpson still owes him owes money. Owes him money. Oh shit, dude! What was he charging? Fucking five thousand dollars an hour, some shit like that. Anyway, um, he Robert Shapiro, he is credited as the person who assembled the dream team. Um, Shapiro was the head attorney on the team until he was replaced by Johnny Cochran shortly before the trial began. And I think this partially might, might have been a, a, a race play because Johnny Cochran was black. Well, no, so what? It, uh, it, they kind of touched on this in the, the People versus O.J. Simpson. Um, I think what ended up happening was... You know, it, the whole time Robert Shapiro was trying to say, "Oh, it's not a race thing. It's not a race thing." But and it then, was. no, and then finally he said, "Okay, it's a race thing." And then once he said that, then it was like, "Well, then Johnny Cochran has to be the head attorney because Johnny Cochran was like that." We'll talk about him in a minute, but he was one of like the biggest civil rights attorneys in the country at that time. Um, you know, and Robert Shapiro had also represented Eric Menendez, the uh, Menendez brothers. Yeah, the, the two brothers that killed their parents. And um, he actually is currently a senior partner in L.A. law firm as well as the co-founder of RightCounsel.com and LegalZoom.com. Yeah, so you he know all, the, all those legal Zoom commercials you see where it's like, hey, go to LegalZoom. It's basically like fast food for legal advice. He, he seems to be doing quite well for himself. Yeah, no, he seems to do, be doing rather well. Um, yeah, I mean, most attorneys do. Um, so then we have Johnny Cochran. So Johnny Cochran Jr. was an attorney and civil also rights. He was a junior. Uh, yes, he was a junior. What do we know about Mr. About, about senior? Nothing. <laughs> I did not look into senior. Uh, so Jr. was an attorney and civil rights activist. Um, so aside from OJ, Cochran represented several famous people, including Tupac Shakur, Michael Jackson. Two packs of cores. Two packs of cores. Uh, Tupac Shakur, Michael Jackson, Stanley Tukey Williams, and Snoop Dogg. Why does Stanley Tukey Williams sound so familiar? So, uh, yeah, so uh, Tukey Williams is actually, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, Tukey Williams is actually one of the co-founders of the Crips, who's a gang in Los Angeles, a really, really well-known gang in Los Angeles. You know, there's the Crips and the Bloods. It's like this huge, notorious feud. Uh, you know, so, uh, yeah. Well, you know, if you lose enough blood, you end up going to a crypt. You know, fun. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Holy shit. How has nobody thought of that before? I bet you nobody did. Uh, anyway, um, you know, fun fact, uh, my mom, uh, you know, worked at San Quentin when Tukey was executed. I remember that was a big thing. I watched Oh, that. yeah, no, it was huge. Like, was yeah, the, was there like was... the first man to be executed in hell long. There was hella people protesting it. Um, there was, like, there was basically this thing where it was saying that, like, the Crips were going to start killing cops if he was executed. And then, like, he told them not to. And it was, like, this whole crazy thing. Ugh. So, yeah, I, I remember that. I remember that. Um, you know, John, something Johnny Cochran was also known for... Um, 
<laughs> oh, he, he also defended Snoop Dogg. I don't yeah, know, Snoop Dogg. I, I don't know if we said that. Yeah, yeah. In, in his murder trial, I'm pretty sure, which was uh, murder was the case that they gave me. Um, anyway, um, Johnny Cochran was also known for defending his clients with clever rhymes. Um, the most famous of these, of course, is... If, if it gl- doesn't fit, you must you have quit. Hey, the glove didn't fit. I mean, uh, yes, uh, but we'll talk about why later. Maybe. Because it wasn't his size. No. No, it was an extra large glove. That's the biggest size of glove. It was AC's size. Or (laughs) Jason's. Anyways. Robert Kardashian. Are they still friends? No, 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 no. So he was a close friend of OJ Simpson. Uh, Robert Kardashian actually ended up reactivating his license to practice law just to help defend Simpson. Because they were friends at the time. Anyway, um, uh, so after the case, however, Kardashian really doubted OJ's innocence and eventually cut ties with him altogether. And he claimed it was because his family was receiving a lot of death threats. It might be true. I mean, but I don't really think. Well, no, because even before the case was over, he was saying that he was starting to question. Like, he was like, you know, the DNA evidence is really condemning. Like, it's a lot. Like, how do you look past that? Yeah. You know, so like he was starting to question it while the case was still going on. But after the case was over, he was just like, I don't think I can be friends with this person anymore. And, um, you know, he was diagnosed with esophageal cancer and he died eventually from it in 2003. And, you know, ironically, his family has gone on to became become a cancer itself. Ouch. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, like I'm saying, the the Kardashian family, it's just like, it's not necessarily them I'm cracking, uh, shots at. It's more this whole, like, celebrity culture obsession that everybody has. You know, it's like, I, I, I don't understand how people are famous just for being famous, you know, if that, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Where it's no, like, they didn't actually do anything. They're just famous because they're famous. And it's yeah. like, it's stupid. And like, we worship these people. We look up to these people and it's like, they're just fucking people with thing. money. They're yeah. just people with money. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. So like, you know, I, I make jokes, but I have nothing against them personally. It's just capitalism that I have a problem with. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what we're trying to do here though? What capitalism make yeah. money? Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's. A, a, hey, how do you break a system, or how do you make the most damage in a system from within the system? It's a double-sided sword. It is. It is. Uh, now we're gonna get into good old F. Lee Bailey, or as they say, Flea Bailey. They had to get the old white guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was you know. Look, um, he looks really respectable, doesn't he? <laughs> I listen to him. Yeah. You know, I, I haven't even heard him talk. <laughs> Um, so F. Lee Bailey was a criminal defense attorney who represented several high profile cases aside from OJ, including Sam Shepard, Albert DeSalvo and Eris Patty Hearst. So if you're going to ask who these people are, I've included links. (laughs) Blam. Uh, so Sam Shepard was basically a doctor who was accused of killing his wife in, uh, 1954 and then uh, he was exonerated in 1966. He probably did it. Uh, probably, but you know what? Like you said, money can get you out of anything, right? And then so Albert DeSalvo was actually uh, a suspect in the Boston Strangler murders, which is the murders of 13 women in the Boston area from 1962 to 1964. 
Um, so yeah, so like he's he's represented some pretty well known people, and then um, Patty Hearst was actually the heiress to. Let's find out real quick. Uh, the American publishing magnate Real- William Randolph Hearst. Um, so you know he owns a lot of newspaper ma- uh, publications <laughs> and shit like that. And then uh, so basically she was like kidnapped. She got bread. No, she was kidnapped by some fucking. Uh, so it's what is this? Symbionese Symbionese Liberation Army, which I have no idea what that even is. Uh, let's see, let's see. It's an American organization. United this Federated is Wikipedia, by the way, guys. Of the Symbionese Liberation Army, so, SLA. An American organization active between 1973 and 1975 that committed bank robberies, two murders, and other acts of violence. Holy shit. So, yeah, so they kidnapped her, and basically, uh, she, by this point, by the time they found her, she was a fugitive because she had been involved in the crimes as part of the group. And then, like, eventually came out saying that, like, she didn't do it of her own will. Like, she was forced to do this shit because she was held captive. It was a whole bunch of crazy shit. So we should totally do an episode on her. (laughs) Um, Uh, You know, Mr. Get back to there. No, 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 no. Back to Flea. Back to Flea. Now, Mr. Flea Bailey. um, Yes. That's a really, really respectable name. F. Flea Bailey. Um, He joined the Dream Team before the preliminary hearing... (laughs) And had most of the defense's press conferences. Yeah, he had a way of talking to the press and uh, handling like that. I said, I would know. listen to him. Um, he is most known in the OJ trial for his cross-examination of LAPD Detective Mark Furman, where he absolutely destroyed his credibility as a witness, and he really did. You are racist, sir. We what? have videotape of you saying this. 57 times. Well, it was 41 or something like that. But, you know, like, basically, he destroyed Mark Furman on the stand. Um, You know, the the first time he examined Mark Furman, he basically asked him, he's like, "Uh, you know, have you ever used the the N-word when referring to a black person? And Mark Furman, of course, said no. And then he said, uh, have you ever, like, used it in general? Have you, like, just kept asking him over and over and over. But he's also not saying the N-word. He's literally saying it in court. And so it's just like being drilled over and over and over again. And he just keeps saying no. And then later on, they play the tapes of him saying it. And he basically, after that point, you know, shuts the fuck up and starts pleading the fifth, which destroys his credibility as a witness. Um, so there's a brief break there. I might hear me say a couple things, a couple things, a couple things, but I'm telling you, sometimes we just seem to be getting, hit with uh technical difficulties but it's all good um we're still here we're still working but yeah so anyway we were talking about oj simpson and his wonderful defense team that he paid hella money for now we're at alan dershowitz um he's uh an attorney and law professor at harvard law school Mm -hmm. alan dershowitz is known for not or for taking on not only high profile clients with some pretty unpopular ones. Mm-hmm. He represented Julian Assange. Well, we saw where that got Assange. Yeah, Julian Assange. Uh, you hey, know, everybody, he, uh, in case you don't know who he is, he was uh, one of the co-founders of WikiLeaks. <laughs> Hold on, check this out, though. Julian Assange, he's in jail. Jeffrey Epstein, he's in jail. Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein, he's in jail. And he was even a part of former President Donald Trump's defense team during his first impeachment trial. He's not in jail. But, yeah, he's not in jail, and he didn't get impeached, technically, so... No, he didn't. 
Anyway. I mean, it sounds like Dershowitz is not a good attorney. Dershowitz. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He's actually really, really successful. Look at that. Huh. Oh, my God. Dershowitz. 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 Dershowitz has written seven books. Seven books. Several. Seven. Seven guys. Yeah. <laughs> Only seven. <laughs> um, Dur, dur, it would be funny if it was actually dude, seven. It's, 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 it's that fucking. I'm gonna look it up, and if it's actually seven, um, Dick wins something. Hey, dude, that missing H is really fucking me up it's on that whole. It's an S. It's a missing. It's you a missing whatever. S. So, okay. Dershowitz has written several books about law, and is regarded as one of the most successful lawyers and legal scholars in the country. Although the first three people we talked about him defending are all in jail. Yeah. Just, small detail. Just, small detail. Just like saying. minor, super minor. Anyway. Oh, fucking. Wait, fucking. no. We skipped one. Haha. Barry Sheck and Peter Newfeld. Barry Sheck is a law professor at the Benjamin N. Cardoza School of Law in New York City, as well as an esteemed forensic expert. Uh, Peter Newfeld is an attorney who worked in his early years with New York's Legal Aid Society and has fought civil, ra- civil rights-related cases for most of his career. Tell him what he's won, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new car. Um... Actually, so this actually is kind of interesting. Um, together, they co-founded the Innocence Project, which uses DNA evidence to clear the names of wrongfully convicted individuals. Yeah, which honestly, like, it's a, it's a super uh, well-known project. They've done a lot of good. They've gotten a lot of people out of prison. Um, and I, I kind of wonder if maybe they're kind of uh, paying their karmic dues for getting OJ off. He was innocent. Oh, okay. <laughs> Even his attorneys probably thought he did that shit. Well, you heard what uh, Mr. Kardashian said. Yeah, Kardashian he, he, doubted it. Actually, you know I'm what? pretty sure Cochran hey, doubted it. Hey, Kardashian, Kardashian doubted it because he found out throughout the term of the trial that OJ had fucked his wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so there is actually a theory that uh, because you know how the clothes he was wearing and the murder night or the murder weapon were never actually found, or the shoes, the Bruno Magli shoes, those were never found either. Um, so there's a lot of speculation that there was, uh, because with the limo driver, uh, testified that he loaded four bags into the limo, uh, one of which was a duffel bag that OJ Simpson would not let him touch that. He was like, no, I'm going to load this one in. You can load everything else. So there was four bags in the car, but the airline only checked in three bags. So it's speculated that that, no, it's speculated that that fourth bag ended up at Robert Kardashian's house where he disposed of the murder weapon and clothes. The, the, the limo driver was just, uh, confused. Right. It was, it was just like he was confused about nobody or no Bronco being there. And then, you know, a a shadowy figure walking up and that was all confusion. (laughs) Uh, so now we're going to talk about the prosecution. Um, there was a couple other attorneys on the Where's Shelly? Yeah, where's Shelly, David? <laughs> um, free Britney. There was a couple of other attorneys on the Dream Team, but Whoop. they weren't like the, the big famous guys, so <laughs> we didn't talk about them. Okay. Sorry, guys. You suck. You don't get your moment of glory today. No, they did, because their name's in a history book somewhere. It is. It's somewhere. OJ's history It's book. on Wikipedia. I can tell you that. <laughs> I bet you that. No, I know that for a fact. I Julian saw Assange. I seen it. I seen Julian it. Assange is really Assange. good at putting... Actually, it's Assange. <gasps> We're getting close. Who runs Wikipedia? No, no, no. That's Wikipedia. I'm talking about WikiLeaks. Oh. Assange was WikiLeaks. I thought it was the same thing. 
No, no, no. Wikipedia is a totally different thing. Oh, okay. Anyway, so now we're going to talk about the prosecution. It's really only two people. So you, it's gonna... sir, are guilty, guilty, guilty. <laughs> anyway, uh, so it's only two people, so it'll be nice, quick, and easy. Hopefully, like my death. Uh, so we got Marsha Clark. So if you don't know who Marsha Clark is by now, Marsha Clark is an attorney, author, and TV correspondent. She had previously worked for the public defender's office before switching sides and becoming a prosecutor. She was um, thrown into the spotlight with O.J. Simpson's trial where she was highly criticized, like he said, for every little thing from her hair, the way she dressed, and how to deal with blatant sexism and disrespect from Judge Lance Ito as well as the media. Yeah, no, so... But dude, she looks hella butch there. No, so... And that's so that's the thing. is like, everybody's like, oh, your hair is shit, and like... Hide your girlfriend. No, okay, so here's the thing. So, here, <laughs> so here's the thing. So Marsha Clark was going through a lot of personal shit during this trial. She was going through a divorce. She had a lot of personal shit going on. She was also thrust into the limelight in one of the biggest trials... She, <laughs> so she was also thrust in the limelight in one of the biggest trials in this nation's history and so like they when they started talking shit about her hair for being all curly and everything so she got it straightened and it looked you know looked a lot nicer but even then they gave her shit for that and so with the sexism with uh, uh lance ito so Judge Ito literally he would refer to the male attorneys as uh, mr cochran mr shapiro mr durden Right, it's Chris Durden. Well, she'd talk to him and say, "Mr. And, Clark." And no, and so whenever he referred to Marsha Clark, he would literally just say Marsha. He would address her by her first name, which is like super disrespectful because she's an attorney too. Like she's the exact same level as these men, but she was being uh, treated differently because she was a woman. Um, so you know, Ito was kind of a sexist asshole for that. And honestly, Ito should have never been the judge in the case because he had a conflict of interest and should have never been involved in the case in the first place. Oh, Darden. It's Darden. Who not the Durden. fuck names there? I kept saying Darden, Durden because I you were talking about Fight Club earlier and it just got me thinking Tyler about Durden. Tyler Durden. So it's Christopher Darden. My bad. So uh Christopher Darden, <laughs> a respectable looking young man. Um uh, it seems like these attorneys have a lot of stuff in common because um, he's an attorney. He's oh, an author. no way. He's All a, these attorneys are attorneys? He's an author. A lot of them are authors. Well, I mean, if you think about it, what better way to cash in on this than to write a book? Right. And the lecturer who worked for the district attorney's uh, Apparently, he's also an actor. For 15 years. Really? Yeah, it said actor, but I, I didn't I didn't want to look too deeply into like what he's been. Hey, he, he did a movie with O.J., he was, in this, he was in this movie called The People versus O.J. Simpson. Oh, no, wait. That was a docu-miniseries <laughs> thing. Um, he, anyway. He actually gained national attention for the prosecution Again. of yeah. O.J. Simpson alongside Miss Clark. Clark. Um, yes, Miss Clark. Thank you. He, Thank you, Dick. He resigned after the verdict came back in the Simpson trial and has since gone on to form his own firm, Darden and Associates. Which specializes in criminal defense and civil litigation. Yes. Well, at least it's not prosecution, because apparently you're not that good at that. <laughs> well, and, you know, like like we said, you know, there's, there was a lot of shit that went into the, the picking apart of the case, and uh, I think we're about to get into that, actually. Oh, oh look, yeah. The trial. So, like the trial began on January 24th, 1995, which was only seven months after the murders took place. 
Um, the trial was one of the first to be nationally televised, and it was covered by both cable and network news channels for 134 days. I remember seeing it on the, on the news. So basically for that 134 days, nothing got done. You didn't get the news. No, yeah, like there was, there was no other news. Nothing else got done. Like people were watching. They were glued to their TVs. This trial was everything. It's on every channel. <laughs> You go to Nickelodeon, it's, it's right. Nickelodeon, it's, it's the OJ Simpson trial. So as we uh, <laughs> as we had uh, mentioned earlier, um, the trial was presided over by the Honorable Judge Lance Ito, uh, a, a, a judge who is basically really only known because he was involved in the OJ Simpson trial. So pretty much, yeah, no, because like I, I kind of like looked him up and like literally was just like, yeah, so he was a judge. And then he but, was in but, the O.J. Simpson trial, and then he was honestly, a judge. Honestly, how many judges are really known for? I, anything? Well, and that's the thing is, like, not a lot of judges get known, but this is the only thing. I he's mean, this known is this for. is a like almost a once in a lifetime. It it really is, honestly. Thing. Like, I mean, I mean, think about it, especially as a judge. Like, not not one judge is going to catch all of the murder trials. But since the, since since the Simpson trial, he hasn't really did, done anything, and he retired no. yeah. in 2015. Yeah, um, he um, actually, was subject. to of much criticism during the case especially <laughs> oh, yeah. from the late night talk show world yeah so um he was portrayed by mike myers and then later mark mckinney after mike myers left snl on saturday night live and then the tonight show with jay leno had this recurring gag bit called the dancing Edos. why do i feel like all this stuff was super racist oh yeah no <laughs> highly highly racist but, you know but like so it was these five Asian dancers coming out dressed as Judge Ito, and they did like this whole dancing bit. And a lot of the times they would like bumble around and be really stupid. And so it was like this whole thing where they were like highly criticizing Ito. Um, but I did read one thing that was saying that um, that after Ito, uh, after the trial, and like Ito basically tried to like. Uh, advocate for the uh, the credibility of DNA evidence used in trial, you know, because like that was one of the things is like the DNA evidence was used in this trial for one of the first times, and that uh, it was like not really believed by the jury because nobody knew what DNA was. So he did kind of try to like fix it and advocate for DNA evidence, but uh, yeah. So that was that was J- Judge Ito. Ito, Ito. And uh, like we said, so during the trial, the defense picked apart the prosecution's case piece by piece, uh, the most damaging of which was the cross-examination of Detective Mark Furman, who we talked about earlier. Uh, And they basically proved that not only did he use racist terminology, but that he had lied about it under oath in that very case. Because like we said, you know, uh, Flea Bailey hit him up and was like, hey, have you ever called anybody a n-word and he's like nah nah man he said it though he oh yeah no he, he definitely said i heard it. the rec- i heard the trial recordings he yeah it was, it was bad shit. it was bad this he was, just kept saying it over and, you, and, you know, and over and you know it was broadcast on live tv and you right. know it was not edited out because this is yeah. back in the day before you ain't got time to do that there janet was, there was no delay out. there was no so, delay yes. yeah, exactly janet jackson jackson's tit hadn't come out yet <laughs> we didn't have that tit delay <laughs> Uh, <laughs> anyway, so the, uh, so basically, you know, this led to Mark Furman invoking his fifth amendment rights for any further questioning, including when he was questioned about planting evidence in this or any other case. 
So they were like, have Kinda you ever, you yeah, they were like, have you ever planted evidence Innocent. in this case or any other case? And he goes, I'd like to plead my fifth or invoke my fifth amendment Innocent. rights. And then he was like, oh, well, have you ever like manufactured any police reports or falsified any police reports? And he goes, I'd like to plead or invoke my fifth amendment rights. It, and it makes yourself look so fucking guilty and it destroys your credibility as a witness and it destroys the, it destroyed the prosecution's case. Well, that and, uh. You know, also uh, when Chris Darden oh, was yeah. baited into uh, asking O.J. Simpson <laughs> to try on that glove. Yeah, so yeah, basically, uh, I believe it was Robert Shapiro had gone up to the glove and tried it on, and it didn't fit him. So he was like, if it doesn't fit me, there's no way this is going to fit O.J., so the you know he he goes up to to Chris Darden and he's basically like, if you don't tell O.J. to put on that glove. I will. <laughs> and so Chris Darden takes the bait and he asks OJ to put on the gloves. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Exactly. So, of course, the gloves did not fit. And there are many theories as to why this is. Because they um, his gloves. Well, so one of my, one of my, like the most logical thing in my head that I've found in my research on this was that, okay, so because, you know, they were leather gloves, right? These leather gloves were soaked in blood. These leather gloves were then taken into evidence by the LAPD and then frozen. The freezing caused the gloves to shrink. And then after they thawed out, they were smaller gloves. That's the best opinion or the best theory I've found in my opinion. It wasn't OJ Simpson's glove. Alternate theories. End of the episode. We're almost there. No, I've already gotten all my alternate theories. <laughs> We're good. Um, so, the verdict. We all know what it was. Not guilty, sir. <laughs> so we can just skip the next slide. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so tensions were definitely high leading up to the verdict. You know, uh, the LAPD basically feared that riots like those that had taken place not long before after the beating of Rodney King would break out if Simpson were found guilty. And honestly, it probably would have. Like, people would have rioted. True. True. <laughs> you know, like, he was a hero to a lot of people, and a lot of people believed that the racist LAPD was framing another innocent black man for a murder well, he, he didn't innocent. commit. Yeah, technically. What, what was the verdict? Again, remind me. We're getting there. <laughs> so... Um, the police were put on 12-hour shifts, and 100 officers on horseback were told to circle the courthouse building on the day that the verdict was read. But that never happened. No, it didn't. The riots never happened. There was no time to circle the courthouse because literally the jury took four hours to deliberate. That's something right there. Four, four fucking hours. hours. Basically, what it came down to is there was two jurors that, or there was like a, a couple of jurors, there was two jurors that said guilty, and the rest said not guilty, and the ones that said not guilty basically told the two that there was nothing they could say or do to change their mind, and that if they wanted, like, they could sit there for days if they wanted to. So, the only evidence that they reviewed during their deliberation <coughs> was the testimony of the, li the limo driver, Alan Park. Before they reached the verdict of not guilty on all counts. Not guilty, sir. <laughs> um, 
the reaction was a mixed one. I was actually kind of stoked because I was like, I bet she's going to get not guilty. And sure, shit, he was not guilty. But anyway, um, most people, OJ included, um, celebrated. Didn't OJ have a party? Oh, yeah. He had a fat party. <laughs> he was uh, he was like posing for pictures with people. And even Robert Shapiro in his interview was just like, I felt like that was kind of a little disrespectful because like I get that you're happy you got acquitted and you're not going to prison, but people still died. So maybe have a little gravitas and a little respect for that. But I think it was OJ got away with murder. So he was partying. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, like you said, a lot of people celebrated. Uh, they were sure that OJ was innocent, and like we talked about, he that was. the racist LAPD had failed in their plot to frame him. They did. Um, others, however, <laughs> were sure that OJ was guilty and that our legal system had colossally failed. You know, but f- in the end, for the families of Ron Goldman and Nicole Brown Simpson, there was nothing. There was mm-hmm. no closure. There was no answers. Mm-hmm. They never got to find out what happened. They never got a solid answer. However, they did. The Goldman family did file a civil suit against OJ Simpson, where he was found uh, responsible for the deaths of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. And the Goldman family was uh, awarded $3 million, which they have not really seen a whole lot of. <laughs> I think in total, didn't they say they only got... Like $100,000 Yeah, it was like, it was a small amount. Shit. It was a very small amount. They but then, you know, there's the, the If I Did It book, which I'm, I'm sure they get some proceeds from that. Oh, that's the last slide. Oh. So now we can talk about the alternate theories. I don't really have any. Okay, well, no, you've talked about your alternate theories, so now I'm going to talk about the ones I found. Okay. So, the first one I would like to talk about is the Jason Simpson theory. This I is the theory. This is the theory that the son from O.J. Simpson's first marriage with uh, Marguerite Whitley, Jason Simpson murdered Nicole Brown Simpson in a fit of rage. Uh, so Jason Simpson had a history, has a history of substance abuse and he was also on, uh, antipsychotic medications for a while. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of believability to this to And, um, he was also a chef. So he had access to a lot of knives and chef a lot of, Simpson. <laughs> And, uh, but no, so he had a lot of access to knives and shit like and that. And he knew and, how to cut meat. Yeah, he knew how to cut and stab and shit like that. And so, and who stabs someone in the head? Smaller hands. Um, so, and he has a size 12 foot. Remember the size 12 footprints at the scene of the crime. Oh, just said he However, here is the, here is the biggest issue with the Jason Simpson theory. Jason Simpson has a very, very solid alibi. He, he has no, smart. he has friends that say that they were out to dinner with him until a certain time, after which point him and his girlfriend returned home, watched movies, and then went to bed. And then had sex and went to bed. Probably. But so there's there's a lot of gap there's there's a there's a big gap there. He, he deed her to sleep. There's there's a big gap that <laughs> there's a solid alibi here. That at the time of the murders he had an alibi. <coughs> The second theory that I found that I would like to talk about is the Colombian drug lord theory. Isn't oh, this where someone owed someone hell of money and yes. she got killed because of it? Yeah, so basically, Faye Resnick, who was a friend of Nicole Brown Simpson's, 
Uh, it was it was rumored that she was into a lot of uh, or in for a lot of money to some shady people, some Colombians for a lot of cocaine. I like the Colombians. Um, cool. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, and there's a lot of people that advocate for OJ's innocence on this fact that the fact that her neck was slit, they try to say that it was a Colombian necktie. But here's my issue with that. A Colombian necktie, they slit your throat. And then they pull your tongue out through your throat and leave it out so it forms a tie. This was not the case with Nicole Brown Simpson. Her throat was slit, but her tongue was still intact in her mouth. This was not a Colombian necktie. This was not Colombian drug lords. Um, But basically it was because Faye Resnick had lived with Nicole Brown Simpson for a while. So they went to her house looking for Faye Resnick and killed Nicole on accident. And then killed Ron Goldman because he showed up. Yep, solid. That's what I happens. mean. It's 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 a f- it's it's a believable theory until you get to the point where it wasn't a Colombian necktie. His dad did it. The and mustache did it. The fucking mustache. Hashtag the mustache did it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, so that is the O.J. Simpson trial. That is the the murders of Nicole Brown. Well, it's not Brown really Simpson. the O.J. Simpson trial. It's the background on the whole situation. It is. It is. It's, that's what I'm saying. It's, 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 the, it's the murders of the of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. It's the story of what happened back in the '90s. Like that shit was nuts. What happened in the '90s stayed in the '90s. But it didn't. It's all over the internet. I can find it on oh, YouTube. Oh, I, I, I so can't wait till you see Juiced, bro. Oh yeah, yeah. So stay tuned. We're gonna do a a a, a live response uh, recording to the Juiced DVD when it arrives. Um, we'll get really, really fucking high and play it. We can't obviously do the audio for you guys because you know copyright reasons and all that. But we'll do a live reaction to the video, and then uh, maybe we'll play uh, OJ's music video after that. My crew likes to party all the time. Again, wrong music video. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, this has been Dab to Death. Uh, I am Nick. And I am Nick. Wait, what? There's two Nicks. Um, but yeah, so thank you guys so much for listening. It means a lot. I am Nick. And I'm Dick. And uh, thank you for tuning in to Dab to Death. Be sure to tune in next week where we talk about whatever we talk about. Yeah, because I haven't figured that out. I don't remember what the order was. We have another episode lined up. UFOs. Um, Yeah, it might be UFOs, I think. Oh, fuck. Uh, Anyway, um, be sure to check us out at uh, www.dabtodeath.com. That's the best way to find us. Uh, you can check us out on all of your social media platforms at Dab to Death. Unless you're on Instagram, then it's at Dab to Death Podcast. Please be sure to rate and review. It means a lot. And send your feedback to feedback at Dab to Death dot com so we can know what to improve upon, uh, what episodes you would like to hear. And if you're interested in being the Dab to Death intern, please send your application email to ghosthost at dabtodeath.com. Um, so I was yeah. about to give me your personal email address. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's about it. Uh, thank you for listening again. And, uh, you know, be careful out there. You never know when you're going to get dabbed to death. <laughs> <laughs>